and welcome to Cinemarathon, the movie marathons podcast where we watch a series of films all in one day and discuss them afterwards. My name is Matthew, and today I'm joined by Pat. Hello, everybody. And Richard. Good day. And uh, I'm glad you're here, Richard, oh, because good. <laughs> uh, this episode in particular was your brainchild. And... I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it actually ended up being better than I thought it was going to be. It was educational. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it ended up being what I feel is sort of like a Star Trek Cinemarathon where like, you have a very clear division between the evens and the odds oh, being yeah. Oh, yeah. the good or the not so tolerable. Um, and actually it's the same cause or is it evens on it's evens, evens on star, star Trek, Trek yeah. are the good ones. But uh, on this one, it was definitely the odds. <laughs> um, but overall I would say this marathon actually was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Like even when it was at its lowest, it was like, nowhere near as bad as some like franchises we had done before oh, yeah. oh, yes. for sure for sure uh but i guess why don't you give the audience a, an intro into sort of like why you wanted to do iron eagle well it, it's kind of a couple a bunch of weird stories but um i grew up watching the first iron eagle because my, my brother was five years older than me so you know when the first one came out was 86 yes you know so i was I, I i was only five but he was like you know he was 10 so it's like a lot more interested for him to be watching a movie about like fighter pilots and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I just remember watching it and seeing it uh, probably not till later in the eighties when VHS was more yeah. available. Um, but uh, yeah, I would just, I just had fond memories of, you know, kids when it was like kids in dangerous situations mm -hmm. uh, doing things that you wish you could do. There are movies like Daryl or mm -hmm. you yeah. know the Goonies and it's like, Oh man, it's like, I wish I could do those things. But they're very dangerous. Yeah, and and we, we weren't afraid to put kids in danger. Absolutely. Uh, unlike today, which is just like, oh, don't know, everything's got to be a workout. Okay. Um, sorry, a little tangent there. But um, <laughs> true. no, I, but it, I, I no, I totally agree with that, and I actually find it interesting that as a culture we've become, I'd say, m more and more daring in our content and what we're willing to show. But in that one aspect, we've become way more conservative. Yeah. Um, because the whole point of film and art and fantasy is to basically express or experience things that wouldn't be appropriate in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And especially for kids, almost nothing is <laughs> appropriate or safe for them to do. You know what I mean? Within mm -hmm. reason. And so I, I think it was cool that in the eighties they allowed children to be at risk yeah. or put in situations that they wouldn't normally, you know, it's, it's fantasy. It's to, to take an adult stance, you know, you know, Iron Eagle one will deal with, the kid's father being shot down and no one wants to do anything about it. And he's going to do something about it. Yeah. That's great. Cause that's what you would do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's very exciting. And I remember like, it was like, Oh, you know, iron Eagle. And I knew that they made a second one. I was positive that they made a second one. And it wasn't until like an, like an episode of the family guy <laughs> where they, uh, in the recurring gag in Family Guy is Brian the dog is writing a novel mm -hmm. and it's like he just never can get a story right it's always terrible and he finally like tells uh, Lois that he's got a novel idea about a, kid, a kid's father who's shot down and he has to to get a, a another pilot to help him go rescue him and she's all that's the plot to Iron Eagle <laughs> and it's like it was, and he's like well in mine 
uh, he's got to get a bunch of World War II pilots. It's like, <laughs> he was like, that's one of the sequels. <laughs> and it's just like, did they make a lot? Like, they made three sequels to this show. <laughs> and I'm like, did they really make three? And so I looked it up. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, like, and I was looking at like some of the characters. Uh, you know, there's like Sonny Chiba's in yeah. them, Paul Freeman. And it was like, oh, and they made four, four in 1995. Yeah. 1995 part four came out and I was blown away. Yeah. Well done family guy for digging up that nostalgia. Thank <laughs> yeah. You. So it's really family guys fault that we are a reason why we ended up doing this yeah. marathon. Well, cause you know, obviously we always go for franchises that are, that are at least three. Yeah. Of course. Um, and you know, so it's like, I knew they made two. I was like, okay, that probably won't work out. But uh, when I find out that they that they had made four, and I had not seen any of them, miraculously they had made four. Yeah, and I I had only seen the first one, and I was aware of a second, but I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait! I want to see all of these now. I want to <laughs> see what happens uh, to these characters, only to find out really that the some only one character really comes back, with the exception of of the fourth. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, well, they just carried. Then it's all about kids, right? It's like. <laughs> Well, not really. Yeah. Like, not big, really big for the surprise. most part. Yeah. It's not really about kids anymore. It's like, well, then I'm very curious to see what they do with these movies. Yeah. For sure. For I, sure. I grew up uh, unaware of of, uh, of these movies, and, and, and maybe I had briefly heard of them because the, the, they were still making uh, prominent theatrically released sequels up until 1992. But if I ever heard about them, I must have lumped them in, in, into my head with the the, um, the the Delta Force movies. Oh, okay. Because they seem like a similar thing if you don't know anything about either yeah. of them. It's a very easy m- mistake to make. But... Well, especially the cover art yeah. for, for like part four, it just shows like this explosion. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like a total crazy commando Definitely. Delta Force action film. Exactly. No. Not at no, all. Not, at all. <laughs> Not the case. Not even close. And pretty much all of the movies only made enough money to say... Let's make another one. Yeah. Like, it's like, if we invest, if we invest 5 million, we'll get 5.1 million. Yeah. Well, that's still a profit. <laughs> so just keep throwing money and we'll just, just keep slowly making a return on right. our investments. And that is not a movie model that could exist today. Not yeah, at all. Like not even anymore. close because you have movies make $200 million profit, but if they anticipated it making $600 million yeah. profit, yeah. it's a bomb or a failure. And they're like, this franchise isn't worth or, it. Or it can or grow, they... it can gross a billion worldwide, but if it only makes a hundred million in the U S mm-hmm. it's a failure. Yeah. It's very, very bizarre, but yeah. So I guess we can go ahead and hop into the first movie, um, which is iron Eagle, which came out in 1986. So this movie, much like uh, the Toy Story Marathon, starts out with an image of clouds, Mm. which I thought was kind of awesome considering we had just done Toy Story and that was such a big deal for that franchise, Um, which it's actually even more obviously more appropriate to this franchise. Right, right. (laughs) Because there's a lot of real flying going on in this one. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's very little uh, falling with style. Uh, Yeah, very, very little. There's a little bit. There's a little bit. There's a little bit in there. But uh, like as whereas Toy Story, like the image of clouds is this like comforting sense of nostalgia feeling that it like emotes in this movie it's just about killing each other yeah. which is like crazy but and you know throwing your weight around yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly really stepping on toes possibly uh, but uh but yeah this franchise opens with a dog fight mm-hmm. like it just dives right into it and it's actually shot really well yeah oh yeah i mean 
they they use real planes at some in some parts, but you know, obviously, when we see planes blowing up, they're wooden wooden models of planes blowing yeah. up. <laughs> um, we never actually. I don't think we in the first one at all. I don't think they we see them fire a missile like. They, they make the motion of like pull the trigger yeah. and you get a launch, but then it just cuts to instantly whatever they shoot, shot at blow up. Yeah. There's no actual oh. footage of missiles flying through the sky. Yeah. Which for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Budgetarily. It's difficult mm. to catch. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, they, they cut corners, mm-hmm. but that's not, but dogfighting isn't really the center point of what, what the major plot will be and what, what the story will focus on. Uh, until the climax. Yeah, it's, it's simply a context for yeah. for what's going on. So the, this is Colonel Ted Masters in the right. dog fight, correct? Right, right. They they they're being accused of flying over uh, the other country's uh, airspace, mm-hmm. and which they don't believe that they are. Um, I don't know if it's ever settled whether or not it is right. or is not. Right. Um, but I would assume it's not. Well, they certainly put us in the shoes of our protagonists and exactly. make you feel that they were yeah. at least not in the wrong, yeah. if they weren't in the right. And so. he didn't intend to either. Yeah. It's a surprise to him. But by the way, the, 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 the other country being Belia. Yeah, Belia. Which yeah. is standing in for Libya. Yes. Yeah. Apparently this was actually sort of based on some sort of uh, real event that occurred in Libya, but not obviously the teenager stealing the jet plane, but right. about a downed pilot and like within question as to whether or not they were over international airspace or not. Um, and I guess whoever the screenwriter was decided that, hey, we can't call it Libya for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Let's just switch the B and L. Yeah. <laughs> Wink. But and, yeah. Yeah, he, he shot down. And I think we, we pretty much cut to the sun, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, just doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. Being an 80s sort of punky. Yeah. Like, Doug Masters now. Yeah, Doug Masters yeah, he, will be our, our sort of our central character mm. for the for the films. Like he's sort of like a through line, although Chappie ends up becoming yeah. really the forefront of the series. Right, right. Uh, it's it takes place like like days before his high school graduation, and he's his plan is to go into the military. I mean, they live on the base, mm-hmm. um, as a lot of military families will tend to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the ba- military base is actually. Uh, Pat Mai's hometown. hometown. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the local the local now private airport was formerly a military airport. Right. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, uh, and now is now it's a private airstrip. And uh, so it was it was like it's it's very exciting uh, just to get like that little glimpse of home. Absolutely, and, especially when you're like just starting a, a marathon. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh shit, that's like that's where I am. Like yeah. that's exciting. All they did was put up different signs, and there's. There's there's differently dressed people inside now. Yeah, <laughs> that's the difference. So yeah, our main character Doug is living on the base with a bunch of other kids yeah. who, yeah. basically, being military brats, are fascinated by the Air Force and want to eventually become pilots right. themselves. And and they have they seem to have free reign of the base. Boy, do they Absolutely. Ever. Like they they cuz all their parents were working in like top secret places. They're like, "Oh, can I go visit my dad?" Yeah, sure. Yeah, they have like like level 10 security clearance just because I guess they're considered non Cuz they've grown up there and everybody knows each other. Yeah. yeah. One of the brattiest of the military brats there is pl- played by M- Michael Bowen who 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 plays the the the, the character Notcher or Notter. Um, uh, he 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 earlier had had been in Valley Girl and uh, N- Night of the Comet. 
Oh, okay. And then later, yeah, I love on, that movie. And then later on, has has worked with Tarantino a lot, and he he played a supporting character in Lost, also. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. I was really glad to to see him play another jerk. Yeah, to a dangerous jerk and such a hothead. Yeah, yeah. a total psychopath. Oh actually. yeah, I mean the the their first kind of encounter with him is that him and his friends are vehicularly hassling his girlfriend. Yeah. Like chasing her down and making her swerve her off the road. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he tries to go to, to, to stand in and be, be the boyfriend man kind of character. And, uh, you know, his friends are holding him back and, uh, they challenge each other to this weird event yeah. where he's going to fly a plane and he's going to ride uh, Notcher is going to ride a BMX bike uh, through a canyon through canyons and he has to follow him through the canyon rows that he takes but still beat him to the finish line yeah, yeah. and he can't gain altitude he, he yeah. has to stay he low. has to stay at a certain level which i think if i recall correctly they were saying 20 feet yeah or something like, something or, like or 40 or something it was like very yeah. low to the right, ground right 50 or less no less than like no more than 50. A, a strong downdraft will Oof. will wreck your plane. yeah you're dead yeah and it's like yeah, the stakes are so high, and all of these characters seem to be, like, joking about how, like, it's like a big, like, 80s joke that, like, yeah. we might crash today and burn. Yeah. And, like, it may that, as well be a ski slope for these guys. Exactly. It's, it's, it's that level of, like, yeah, it's dangerous, but it's not that dangerous. It's a <laughs> which, double diamond. <laughs> <laughs> which I guess we're supposed to believe is simply because of their experience. Yes. Yeah. That they're such, like, even at a young age, they're so experienced as pilots that this is just every day for them, yeah. but fuck that. Like yeah. <laughs> this is really dangerous shit. And not only is it dangerous just by nature, but then you have to add on top of that cake that Notcher is like trying to sabotage yeah. Yeah. them. A, he, he, a buddy he, of his pulls yeah. out something, right? Yeah, he, he basically cuts his oil line. Yeah. So his engine could seize up at any moment, and the pl then you're done. Yeah. Like, you're just completely done. We're talking premeditated first-degree murder. Yeah. yeah. Like, from 16-year-olds, and... And but some the, of Doug's friends are flying in the plane with him. Yeah, they're like yeah. basically monitoring. They're spotting and monitoring. Yeah, spotting yeah. for him. Yeah. And they're kind of like, oh, it's a good day to die, I guess. You know, like, what? Like, yeah. no, you're 16 or 17. You know, like, that's a horrible day to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, like really scary. And But he still manages to win the mm -hmm. race. Which, uh, like, but, even though it's sabotage, I would say that plane would have murdered that BMX bike, don't yeah. you think? Like, it wouldn't have even been close. <laughs> <laughs> that that race would have been over in well, minutes. And and like and like Nacho is like all like he's like you could kill me flying that low but he's like what are you, what are you talking about <laughs> like you just tried to kill me yeah and and and, and you get set the rule that you had to stay that low yeah and <laughs> and basically the whole purpose of the race serves no purpose yeah n n nothing oh, is sure oh yeah nothing is lost or gained it's just a dick measure yeah and uh, and that's the last we ever see of that character yeah of Nacho like. I thought yeah, he like doesn't stick around much. Yeah, I thought, oh, this is gonna be one of those things where he's a jerk now, but And then he turns on him later. Or or he turns on him later or even like more like like when his dad shot down, he comes like, Hey man, like Yeah. I know we don't like each other, but that's not cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Like Sorry I thought your dad's being put to death. <laughs> yeah, like I thought there was gonna be like this like turnaround and like, oh, you can't trust somebody wants to help. Sure. But nope. 
he's gone. Not at all. Like, he, he just disappears. Yeah. yeah, you'd like to think that because they're all military brats that the one unification would be America. You know, like yeah. one of our men goes down, like we all unite together just, you know, despite our differences to save, you know, yeah, the yeah, U.S. Yeah. But yeah, right. He just completely fucking disappears. Yeah. He doesn't even stay as a foil through no. the film. No, yeah, he's gone. He the, becomes I, a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Runs around with his tail between his legs. <laughs> Yeah, so he becomes like sort of, I guess, what would be considered a, at least by plot direction, a red herring antagonist. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay. Not, we'll not be- the last we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> in this series. For sure. It's just like, okay, you're going to set us up and then pull, completely pull the carpet out from under us. Mm. But, uh, but you know, I'm actually okay with Notcher not being in the rest of the movie, oh, sure. even though like yeah. logically it doesn't make sense. Because there are bigger fish to fry. There's a lot bigger fish yeah. to fry. And uh, what I also have written down here, though, about the opening act is that, like I said before, everyone, all the characters, even within the context of the movie, are making light of, like, these very dangerous situations. Mm. But it also doesn't help, like, how extremely 80s this movie is. Yeah. Like, in the first, like, 15 to 20 minutes, I mean, you have people just, like, just characters, like, dancing around to 80s pop songs uh-huh. and, like, carrying around, like, cassette recorders that are fucking huge <laughs> which <laughs> actually end up discovering as a reel-to-reel recorder yeah right? it's a reel-to-reel recorder which he's modded his car to accept an input from yeah <laughs> uh it almost feels like mcgruber like and how yeah, like the, absurd yeah, <laughs> the technology is, like, what, is it a yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like so bonkers and you have like bmx biking kids you know mm-hmm. it just like put this 80s stamp on it yeah. that was like I've almost never seen an 80s movie like try and ram home how hard, like what decade it's in, mm-hmm. uh, like in the first 15 minutes. It's a high profile soundtrack also uh, f- featuring music from Queen, Twisted Sister and Dio. Yeah. Prominently featured. And For it- a low budget movie, that's pretty impressive, actually, <laughs> yeah. impressive. just because the licensing costs alone. Exactly. And uh, the, the Queen song that that's prominently featured was written for Highlander. Which came out this same year. Oh, really? Yeah. And what? And they just ended up not being able to use it for some reason. No, they did. It's oh, a, it's, it's in, in both. both. <laughs> oh, okay. It's in both. <laughs> yeah. That's Queen, awesome. Queen, so, Queen was busy that year. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's not until later, uh, when, when we get get to spend more time with Chappie, that we get an influence of these pilot people and these military figures, and them both li- listening to, to to music idly to concentrate. Oh yeah. Chappie li- listens to a uh, great R and B from the sixties and seventies from his own youth. Yeah, and, yeah. And so there's this uh, not battle of generations, but an influence of both youth cultures yeah, yeah. bubbling to the surface. And that was really fun to notice. <laughs> I mean, it's jumping ahead a little bit, but sure. like Chappie uh, in trying to like set up a plan, like like his whole thing is like, he's doing. Dancing. he does this dance. Like yeah, Chappie's yeah. thing is he's always dancing. <laughs> he, he, he dances much like Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Almost yeah. exactly <laughs> the same much dance. much better dancer than Elaine. <laughs> But it's just a way, like, for him, like, our characters to concentrate, essentially, to get their mind in the right zone, which was interesting that they shared that generationally. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I guess once we go through this insane canyon race with a BMX bike, then very shortly thereafter, right, is when Doug gets word that his father, I mean, almost actually immediately right does right. he come home right. from the race well they they, no. they, they, they they find him at the crash because he he does crash his plane yeah. from the engine yeah yeah um and they pretty much pull up and you think he's going to be arrested but it's it's just like oh it's 
it's your dad. You got to come with me right away. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not for nothing, but before the race is when Doug finds out that he's not been accepted into like the the military academy, mm-hmm. where, absolutely, which he he was pl- planning on getting into directly after high school. Yeah, his because life, of it, because his, of his record, exactly because of his like his record of insubordinate, you know, insubordination, like. I want to say criminal record, but he's a nuisance. He's a public nuisance. Yeah. Reckless behavior. Yeah. Essentially. But yeah, which was obviously devastating to our main character. Like he had worked his whole life towards it. Right. You know, his bedroom's covered in like manual, like flight manuals. And Mm -hmm. like he had no, he had nothing else he was planning on doing with his life. So especially now, which is actually a really good context for his what he ends up doing for the rest of the movie which is he has this flight time and all of this experience that he was hoping to become like an outlet for the rest of his life has been stripped from him and in doing so it's like fueled this fire for even more reckless behavior because he's like i'm never going to get to fly like i got to figure out a way to do it and this is like an illegal way to do it but it ends up being beneficial because you know he has to save his dad essentially um uh and like there's there's a couple of because we're first introduced to Champy when he goes into the flight simulator, mm-hmm. like to like the the base lets him into the the flight sim, uh, and like Chappie was going to use it, but just instead was watching Doug yeah. and watching how well he handles himself, mm-hmm. um, and that gives them an opportunity to have a conversation about his dad and like basically Chappie is saying like oh don't worry they're gonna they're gonna get your dad out they're not gonna they're not gonna bend over backwards for this country they're gonna they're gonna figure a way to get him out yeah yeah um and we get this like this moment where like, he, you know, it's, it's Doug's graduation mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, I supposed to be a happy moment. And that's when the mom like lays this news on him. I didn't want to tell you before your graduation, Yeah, but your dad's been sentenced and sentenced to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's been found guilty and they're going to kill him in three days. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, it's, that's pretty, pretty like, harsh i i don't know like Very. i was like i was like i would have wanted to know now because i would have got not gone to graduation yeah i would have started my plans <laughs> immediately well i uh, guess the problem is is like there's no good time to tell you yeah. that your dad's been shot down in a foreign like hostile territory yeah. and has been sentenced to death like that's never going to be a good time but <laughs> i think i actually sort of agree with the mom it's a parenting style yeah <laughs> do you want him to have a memory of what most kids have or do you want to let him be wrecked well see that's the problem though is that because she tells him immediately after matriculation when he's still uh, holding his gown and cap yeah. sure, sure. that it's ruining that memory okay. anyway okay. like yeah, i would yeah. have let it go a day like the next morning like wake up you know but what's interesting okay. about it is i actually do agree with telling him afterwards because essentially as far as character relationships are concerned and her being like m- his mother that it's sort of this like metaphor for like becoming an adult, like, mm-hmm. right. It's like before you graduate from high school, you're sort of still a kid and you know, there's all these responsibilities that you're not really expected. No one expects of you. And then when you graduate now, it's like the next stage of your life. Well, it's like telling him before graduation is sort of like putting this pressure and responsibility. It's basically forcing him to grow up yes. yeah. before he's really supposed to be responsible to. And so I think it was interesting that she chose like directly after. It's like, well, you're graduated. You're a man now. Your dad's going to die. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like it sort of goes hand in hand as sad as that is. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that was the motivation. Of the, not to mention the fact that any parent who raises a child, I think it's really the moment of graduation is really important to the parents. It's yeah. actually almost more important it's to them more, yeah. than it is the kid. 
and that she probably wanted to see her son walk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know any parent that wouldn't like, doesn't get teary or, you know, get proud, you know, isn't proud of their child when sure. they do that. So she probably wanted that memory for herself because like you said, you might've just bounced. You might've yeah. chosen not to do it or, or whatever. So I sort of understand her motivation <laughs> for it. But yeah, so now that the Doug knows that his dad mm-hmm. is in mortal danger, he only has a short period of time to save him. Well, extremely some- short because even if he comes up with a plan, they have to like travel for 12 hours to get to the other side of the world yeah. where he's even being held. Yeah. Yes. So like like clock's ticking. For sure. It's, yeah, it's not like, oh, dad's being held like in a bank heist or something down the street. It's nope. like I have to literally travel halfway around the globe. To, to, to enact whatever plan we come up with. Yeah. So uh, in, in now knowing this, he essentially, he's expecting the military to handle the situation, right. which is for obvious reasons. Certainly. And uh, for, based on the political and atmosphere at the time, they say this is not something that we feel we can go in and handle. Right. Like at least not on a, a public international scale. Right. Um, so, and, and it sets Doug off, you know, because mm-hmm. you're just going to let my dad die, that kind of whole thing and, uh, encounters Chappie, right? Is it, does he immediately encounter Chappie, um, after he discovers that they won't be sending well, no, the U.S. military? He, he, he encounters him before because, because mm-hmm. he's trying to say like, oh, you know, like, well, what can we do? And then Chappie basically tries to assure him they're going to get him out. Once he finds out that, uh, his father's been sentenced uh, he returns to Chappie, like mm. basically saying, "Hey, they're not doing anything now for sure. Yeah, what can you do?" And Chappie's trying to dissuade him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, during one of those yeah. speeches, he like Doug essentially calls Chappie out and says, "Like you're a coward, sort yeah. of." Like he's like you, you don't care about America or like our soldiers and Chappie being an Army Reserve pilot, yeah. like who's been doing this for decades. You know, like he's very experienced. Basically lays down the law on Doug. Mm-hmm. He's like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, little yeah. kid. You like every time, like yeah, yeah, like every time one, you know, a soldier goes down. Like I've seen it happen. I know what it is. You know nothing. You know, you know, you're getting a little too big for your britches. Which sets a tone for Chappie for almost the whole franchise yep. of yeah. like total fucking attitude, like <laughs> the whole way through. Yeah, we'll take shit. Yeah. yeah, when he's not dancing, he's dealing out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's either dancing, getting his groove on, or laying down the fucking hammer. <laughs> like that's all. The only two states Chappie exists in. It's good balance. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then so you, like you said, Richard, Doug goes back to Chappie and yeah. says like, this is not, the U.S. government is not helping us here. Mm. And they start to... Basically, uh, Doug starts trying to piece together a plan himself, mm-hmm. and he gets his friends like get, get data and figure out as much as they can. Like his one friend, uh, his dad works like in intelligence, mm-hmm. and he goes in there like under the guise of like, it's like, oh, you know, can you, you know, I was wondering if I can get some printouts for my dad. Mm-hmm. And like when the woman goes like to get something, like he gets on the computer and starts printing out a whole bunch of stuff. Well, that's actually my favorite part of that montage because in order to get the woman distracted from like her computer intelligence terminal yeah. or whatever it is. He's like chatting her up and like being all charming. And then when she looks away, like for just like a half a second, he presses a single key on the computer keyboard and it fucking sends the thing into meltdown. Yeah. Like it's like, why do you even have that key? Why does that exist That's on that computer? Key. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's basically the net, the escape key. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh no. Oh God. <laughs> so he presses the, 
the key once, it goes into fucking meltdown, and then she's like panics, and mm-hmm. essentially, in in her panic, she like leaves, and he now has access to like yeah. hack the Gibson for a few minutes and get what they need. Um, and and he takes all this stuff to Chappie, but Chappie's already started working on his own plan too. Yeah, and he's like kind of gets impressed with Doug and his friends, their ability to collect this data to and- com- basically enact treason <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. like there's conspiracy all. Yeah, yeah conspiracy um, but they're minors so ultimately a lot of this would fall onto their parents yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting thing that happens in the montages like uh chappie's like training him not only like with planes but also like physically and mentally training him like yeah. they're they're Chappie goes out running and he says, you know, uh, come with me. I think better when I'm running. Mm-hmm. But Doug has to carry all the data and sheets and stuff while they're while they're running. Yeah. And Chappie's having him read him like data and statistics and where the gun emplacements are, you know, how many how many guards are in rotation, like while they're running. Yeah. Um, and while Chappie's showering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like all stop. these yeah. like it's just like constant. Like if I'm pooping, you're still telling yeah, me yeah, intelligence. Yeah. So they go through a bunch of training. He within one montage becomes an ace yeah. like missile fight like shooter. Well, well or because he gets to play his music. Yeah. Like he keeps trying to do it without music because Chappie keeps yelling at him about ah, turn that noise off. Yeah. Um, but he says, Nan, I'm doing it my na- way now, Chappie. And of course he puts on his rock music and now he's instantly the best. Yeah. Yeah, he can handle whatever situation. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta think, man. I'd like to think I actually sort of wish, just as a joke, that the reel to reel recorder that he needed to play the music was like 10 times as big as like what he yeah. had. Cause it really was about the size of a little bit bigger than like a cassette deck yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I really, I like the idea that he's like in this very tiny like cockpit, cockpit and he has this huge reel to reel like he next takes to up him. his entire lap. <laughs> yeah. Can't the stick. And every time he does like a, a maneuver, it like hits him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just jumbling around. It's the only way I can fly. It works. Okay. <laughs> Don't question the method. <laughs> but yeah, so basically our characters have a plan. Mm-hmm. in place like they've 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 done the training they they know what they want to do it's time to execute essentially right. so they managed to get get their planes like you know without right, right. any problems at all right no Cause, cause pickups. The, the, yeah the plan is to fly these two planes across the atlantic uh and try to maintain the flight path that they're expected until the very last moment mm-hmm. so they won't have time to to scramble anyone uh, yeah because if they just flew straight to bilia it wouldn't be obvious so they have to they have to maintain as much as they can Mm -hmm. and uh until they get there and then they're gonna be on low fuel i I can't remember if they refuel in flight i feel that they do i think they they do Yeah. yeah um and uh you know and then they have to like they have limited time to make their way in land at this airstrip mm-hmm. get get the father out yeah. and take off again like there's there's a lot of risk to this plan a lot of things can go wrong oh yeah almost uh, all of it yeah, is is yeah, like it's... just based on luck mm-hmm. yeah do do what is the actual plan for getting the father's freedom basically ultimatum yeah oh, like, okay through, through, through radio, radio contact th- th- yeah th- th- threaten them over radio and say I have your targets in sight. I'm going to gotcha. fire if you don't let them out. Yeah. Like gotcha. he, he's, it's Just, not, yeah. yeah, they're not going to target the airstrip. They're going to like, cause this country is like an oil rich yep. yeah, yeah, nation. Yeah. I have your oil fields in sight. Yeah. 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 And like for every, like every minute he doesn't comply, he's going to basically blow up a refinery, mm-hmm. which there's a lot more environmental damage, I would think <laughs> than actually 
uh, anything. Because it could get oil elsewhere. Yeah. And uh, to be, if we're going to be honest about it, probably damage to the U.S. Because yeah. most likely, no matter, like, even though these guys are, like, quote, unquote, yeah. evil, we're probably getting our oil from them. Yeah. Because maybe there's a political reason they didn't rush in to get this guy. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, but also, uh, they're flying under the guise that um, if this is a rescue operation, there's no way that they'd only send two pilots. Yeah. They, they would send a squadron and ground troops and it would be a well-organized. So they're expecting the, the billion, uh, billion, yep. mm-hmm. not the number billion, but the, <laughs> the people of Bilia, billion, try that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people to be, to be more concerned of that, yeah. that there, that there are more troops, more planes that they're not seeing in the area and that there's no way they can match that, match that. Yeah. They're trying to essentially put over a well-conceived ruse that right. there's a lot more planes coming than there mm-hmm. actually are. Um, and, yeah, like you said, they I we're all pretty sure that they have to refuel during flight, like, mm-hmm. once before they get there. Um, but it's interesting because, like we described in the opening of the movie, that the actual flight photography is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially for a low-budget movie dealing with, like, some really serious planes. Like, it's just shot really well. Yeah. But I, there is one moment during this mission where the background uh uh while they're film like filming i think it's lewis gossett mm. um you can see the sky pattern yeah. clip like yeah. they had a loop oh. of footage that was like supposed to just like look like he's flying but you see it snaps yeah there's like a cloud that just like vanishes or yeah something like that yeah it's like the footage was like, and it reset like mid shot which was like crazy but beyond that like the mm. flight filming is incredible yeah or, and uh, very early on into the mission, like like when they're approaching Bilia, Louis Gossett gets taken out. Yeah. Like in in some in a dogfight, essentially. He, he he's prepared. It's important to note that he's he's prepared all these cassette tapes. Yeah. To yeah. be played in the event of dot dot dot. Well, um, it's technically one cassette tape. Yeah. Like one perfectly executed cassette because and he well doesn't. Timed, yes. yeah, yeah. He doesn't like say if. You know, I get shot down, go to tape B or side B. <laughs> it's just he every time yeah. Doug presses stop yeah. and then restarts the cassette, it's like, well, if you're hearing this, then I've been shot down. <laughs> and it's like, holy shit, like you knew exactly how to record this. It's almost mm-hmm. like he expected to get shot down. Yeah. Because well, yeah. if he hadn't, then Doug would have at one point pressed play again and heard him talking about getting shot down and would have been thrown off, you know? So Doug is forced to go it alone. Yeah. Uh, Again, operating under the guise that, that he's not the only one flying around. And uh, this forces his father's jailers to bring him out, but don't, they don't plan to surrender him. They're basically, they put a sniper on him and say the moment anyone tries to, to get him, mm-hmm. just kill the father. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, like they don't know that this is his father, but um, this basically just kill him, make make their make all their effort worth nothing. Yeah, which so, sort of leads you to question if they were going to execute him anyway. If that was a sentence, they were all ready to kill him. They weren't worried about repercussion, and you right. have jets coming your way, and the idea is that at the last second you're going to shoot him anyway. Why not just shoot him now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because either the the pilots are going to find out eventually yes. that he's dead, and they're going to lay down the hellfire on him. Right. Yeah. You know? uh, it's 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 the the plan of putting him in an easily escapable situation involving <laughs> an overly overly <laughs> elaborate and exotic death. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, they, there's an easier way to do this. Yeah. But they're not going to do it the easy way. For sure. For uh, sure. <laughs> and uh, you know, 
all the meanwhile, Doug is like taking out gun emplacements. He's blowing up towers and refineries. But only because of the inspiration he received from from, Chappie, from Chappie's yes. well-executed cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> it's in this cassette recording that we hear from Chappie, the, the, the explanation of the, the, the title of the film. It's encouragement to 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 embolden Doug to carry through his mission, even though he's scared shitless. Mm-hmm. It's to it's to hold true to the belief that no one can stop him as long yeah. as he's in the plane. Yeah, he has to believe that he is flying in an Iron Eagle. Yeah, and he he, he has to hold true to the plan that that they both uh, worked out, uh, whether he believes it will work or not. It'll only work as strong as his faith is in himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is sort of a fucked up tape to record for a teenager. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I'm an experienced like military pilot of thirty years. I just got shot down. So, but you'll do you, well. You'll, yeah, but continue right. on, eighteen or seventeen year old, <laughs> to uh, fight the good fight. It's yeah. like shit, dude. You just totally sent this kid to his death, essentially. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you've been shot down. <laughs> <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> if you're listening to this. You're now standing in front of God. <laughs> I'm here beside you. We're both looking at him. We're both, we're both Fini- here. Finish the tape. <laughs> Which also begs the question, what was their plan for getting home specifically? Because m- 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 moments later, of course, we, uh, we- we'll get-, get to that after a f- few more details. But where were they going to get the fuel to get home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, I-, I guess they're... I guess the plan was to fly to the um, an American base in the area. Say we made it, let us in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're yeah. flying American planes. We'll let us land, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absconded American planes. Yeah. Like it's like yeah, like yeah. uh, and taken too. Or it's like those fuckers would get shot down uh-huh. real quick. Yeah. Duck your head down. They're gonna fire at us. So yeah. Yeah. Jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, they really don't have a good plan in place. Yeah. But it's like one of those situations where it's like I'd rather not ask and yep. apologize yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> or in, at the very least they could probably fly back over the mediterranean and ditch yeah like eject crash land oh, okay. crash land you know parachute down into the water in, into yeah a, near a friendlier country yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and send out a beacon or take a drift pattern somewhere to a, a yeah like yeah, a coast yeah. or something yeah, exactly they, they they have something that they can they have, they have there's some things they can do as long yeah. as they get out yeah yeah and uh so Basically, Doug, using the inspiration of the Iron Eagle speech, moves forth, starts taking out targets, you know, yeah. and is like getting shit done, essentially. And um, eventually he, he lands. Well, he is that strip. But that's not before he lays down the napalm. It's not. A, yeah, it's right. It's yeah. Not like, which is like cr- really like the funniest part of this whole like action sequence, which is like he lay, basically lays down a, a wall of fire. Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he has like some coverage and like such so a lower visibility right. to give him a wall screen so he could pick his dad up. Right. They, they've moved his dad to the far end of the runway. Um, but then they 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 shoot him. They, they yeah. The sniper does take a shot at the father and knocks him to the ground, which enrages Doug all, all the more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what, that's what the reason he drops the napalm. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's like, you know, you bastards. Um, Cause Poirot had <laughs> yeah, Poirot. given the order to shoot his father. The leader of Bilia. Yeah. yeah. The leader, the military defense leader of Bilia is played by the actor who plays Poirot. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like the name is a uh, David Suchet. I believe is his name. Yeah. As the actor. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he, they're, and they keep just keep, 
they just keep sending wave after wave of vehicles through the through fire. The, through <laughs> the wall of napalm. And they keep exploding. Yeah, like, none, none of them are making it through. It's like, we could probably go around. But, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, the wa- the napalm wall is only, I'd say, like maybe 50 meters wide. Yeah, you know, like just you. <laughs> I think those Jeeps could handle a little desert off-roading for 20 feet yeah, and yeah, go they, around the wall of fire. Uh, but they don't. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Doug manages to get his father into the plane. But that's when uh, uh, Nakesh, David uh, David Suchet's character, mm-hmm. says, "Get my flight suit ready." <laughs> and, and so he's gonna like you, this is all taking you very personally. He's gonna fly up there and deal with Doug himself. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, we get this kind of. I forgot he gets up there. With yeah, him. yeah. We, we <laughs> get the great. we get this like dog fight uh, between between the two of them, and of course uh, Doug does some crazy maneuver manages to get the upper hand and 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 kill him yeah it's like a 1080 degree spin yeah. like flip or something that he with boosters that's yeah. like the only reason he could get it it's done. like i picture like the hot shots where he's like let's see if you guys can do this and you just see the airplane twirling yeah. <laughs> but there's still more planes after them while yeah. they're making their getaway and like they're they're just they're just hoping that They'll, they're just making a run for it at this mm-hmm. point, and they thought oh, we're gonna have to engage them because then they see on their radar there's like six more planes heading toward them from the other side. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh man, we're we're gonna have to do what we can here, but it doesn't look like we're gonna make it. Yeah, yeah. But that's when we find out that the other planes that are incoming are actually the American planes who went looking for what happened when these two planes went off the radar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like th- these these were these planes were scrambled to find out where they went, what was going on. Yeah. And basically, they just scare the other MIGs off. Like you're all, you're all, you know, MIG pilots. If you want to engage, uh, let us know. Yeah. And they just basically go. Whoosh, <laughs> they go back the other way. Yeah, yeah. Um, the closing of this movie is one that's filled with this sense of like, you guys totally embarrassed us. Mm-hmm. You embarrassed the military. You stole all this hardware. You wasted all this money. But if word of this ever got out, it would hurt us so much more. more. Than us sentencing you to whatever, yeah. Because, because even if we sentence you to, to jail, you could still talk. Oh, you, absolutely. You have yeah. all the evidence. Uh, you, you can't silence the father, the wounded father who was sentenced, publicly sentenced, yeah, to right. death. Who's now back in America? How did it, he get back? Yeah. How did but, this happen? Um. So they're basically the military is forced to, like, just wipe the record clean mm-hmm. and never speak of this again. Well, yeah, but what's like crazy about that, like if we're talking, if we're doing real talk here, like let's just Mm -hmm. presume that a 17 year old kid could steal a jet, fly it, go on a mission, like do this crazy like harebrained scheme. He would come back. He would disappear. Like, yeah, like yeah. the the family, like it wouldn't be like, uh, oh, just go about your business as long as you don't talk. We trust you, kid. It would be they would literally. It'd be like in the news the next day. It's like local family disappears, like yeah, you know, right. the kidnapping or something. You know, like they would just be in a grave. Yeah, <laughs> like the master's family in an untimely car accident. Yeah, <laughs> but then Chappie pushes it even further. Like he really pushes their luck by saying, by the way, this kid. Uh, should be in flight school, right. like <laughs> the one that was is. the one that was rejected for reckless behavior. Yeah, <laughs> he became so reckless that you can't ignore his talent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he basically gets rewarded for committing at least forty-two felonies. Yeah, <laughs> like in acts of treason and like mm-hmm. all types of conspiracy. Like it's like, well, 
You got gumption, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you got well, spunk. Yeah, I hate well, spunk. <laughs> well, what was your what was your kill ratio? Yeah, you killed 40 people. Mm. <laughs> uh, didn't even bat an eye. <laughs> didn't even bat an eye. Which which to me like I I really love the movie mm-hmm. The Last the Last Starfighter. And mm. obviously like there's there's these similarities sure. to to the older pilot teaching the younger pilot. Yeah. And one of the great moments of that movie is during the training, uh, they encounter uh, a lone like scout ship. Yeah. And they have to, they have to chase it down and kill it before mm-hmm. it reports back. And it puts the character of Alex Rogan from Last Starfire in this very emotional state that I have to kill somebody. Yeah. Like I expected I would have to do this, but now I actually have to do it. That really never occurs in this movie. Oh, right. life is meaningless in this franchise. Yeah. Like they are just like can't like like I said. It starts. I mean, it sets a good precedent in the first fifteen minutes yeah. that nobody cares about murdering people. Like with like Notcher like trying to like right, kill right. his friend and stuff. Like there's no actual moral responsibility as far as human life mm-hmm. in this franchise at all. Which is more of saying I'm a better pilot than you because yeah. I shot you out of the sky. Yeah, with the exception of why they're all doing this, which is we have to save the one yeah. guy who's yeah. stuck in another place but yeah there's no moral responsibility whatsoever mm-hmm. which is a big problem <laughs> yeah of this script i'd say and you do what you got to do to save your father mm-hmm. but they they just they just never bring it up yeah i don't know i felt i feel it's an important emotional aspect for a teenager yeah that's the attitude of the story and they say it's justified yeah, yeah. chappy never really gives a speech as like a you know that was the first time killing somebody i assume like you know are you okay like like, yeah like how are you handling you know what you had to do to save your dad you know like that was that's a conversation that should have (laughs) happened oh well you know it's it's funny we totally over over overlooked we just went right to the end i'm sorry that chappie was alive yeah oh yeah like that chappie was shot down and made it um uh, even though we've already referenced that he's in all the other movies yeah uh it's just like one of those things oh yeah by the way i'm okay there was airbags. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. how are you okay? Passenger seat airbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, he's just by movie luck, he's still yeah. around, still yeah. okay. Yeah, it's the Billy of Jurassic Park 3. By the way, we found this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the audience didn't test well with him dying, so here he is. Oh, he's okay. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. But yeah, so essentially, this movie teaches us that if you want something you just take it yeah and just steal it and then when people find out that you stole it they're they respect you so much (laughs) that they give you even more (laughs) that's the real lesson here wow (laughs) we learned so much in the 80s (laughs) we did we did but yeah is anything else about iron eagle one uh we do get the piercing blue background with yellow text credits for credits default blue (laughs) yeah it's like the blue screen of death like color blue and then this is this yellow font that just makes everything impossible to read Cause yeah because you get the because i don't know if you ever like knows what that blue, those intense blue screens if you ever like move your hand yeah they get a, that shadow effect yeah because and this is a there's this blur and so you can't read any of the names as they're moving it's just it's just this epic <laughs> blur of vision, haze. Sm- vision smear and it just looks cheap it looks yeah. like TV opening credits, like mm-hmm. from the eighties. Like it's just bad. It's like yeah. I guess optical was expensive back then, so sure. um, they they had to cut corners somewhere to get all that flight footage in it's there. It's a luxury to have. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but yeah, we can move on to the second movie, which was Iron Eagle Two, which came out in nineteen eighty eight. 
Yeah, so as we described in the intro, this this series has a couple stinkers in it. Yeah. And this is the first one. This is, I'd say, the first not very good. Well, it, it's such a diversion. Uh, div- diversion, I want to say, using diversion in the sense that it's so different yeah. from the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still dealing with young pilots, mm-hmm. but True. not teenage pilots. Yeah. The, the stakes are more international um and for some reason really unnecessary for for this to occur as a plot device but it, it just jumps right into Doug being a pilot and instantly dying yeah, yeah. i was well, really surprised yeah holy shit we were all just sitting yeah. here like did they just kill Doug yeah he like, just gets blown up right at the beginning <laughs> and we were all like that wasn't him it must have been some other character. Yeah, yeah. Because they wouldn't just bring this character back. Just to kill opening. him off. Because it was the same actor, too. Same actor. Yeah. Just to just to kill him off. For what purpose could that possibly do? Yeah, he could have easily stuck around and served the same purpose that, yeah. what's his name, that Matt serves in this movie. Exactly. I would have been more interested. Yeah. In, yeah. In, to begin with. Yeah, with Doug's. With yeah, with the with the character that Matt, if Matt had died, his friend, which you would still have, like, oh god, he lost his friend. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's still really horrible, and he's carrying that weight with him. But then see Doug endure and be a part of this new exciting story. That doesn't happen. We're given an all new cast, with the exception of Chappie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, we, we have something to to grab <laughs> to on hold to. on to. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. at least we get to see, even if it's just for a moment. Doug fulfilling his dream. <laughs> it's true. Like after after his sentence of victory from yeah. the military council, it's like we get to see him like actually be a real pilot. Yeah, yeah. And he he, he shot down over like it's Alaskan airspace, mm-hmm. and the Russians have their MIGs up in the air, and they say, "Hey, you're violating our airspace." Yeah, we're not. Uh, you know, but you know, we we know that we understand that you think we are. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna peace out. And the Russians say, well, we're going to escort you out. And so while they're flying out, they're like this. Doug is just starting to notice that the one pile behind him is getting a little like, like edgy. Mm -hmm. Like he can just send something's up. And all of a sudden he gets like a missile lock on him. And, uh, you know, he's asking for permission to engage from his commanding officer and saying, no, don't, don't do it. Don't engage. This is not, nothing's going to happen. They're just escorting you out. Um, and that's when Doug dies. Yeah, and cut to Doug exploding. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's such a like just insane. And why we aren't instantly at war? Yeah, like right. yeah, like the Cold War, like nu- cut to nukes going off. Yeah, the, I mean, you you just shot down an American pilot over yeah. over American airspace. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what just happened here? Yeah, yeah. But it's just like this like quiet international incident that's swept <laughs> under the rug. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Matt. To- to be honest, though, I hope that's how it would go down. If in fact it did, it really occur. Like, because like I said, it would, it would be nuclear war. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't just swept under the rug, like, like, and if it just yeah. wasn't handled quietly. Well, so. yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a famous incident of a of a U two spy plane pilot being shot down over Cuba, mm. and oh. and it's just like, but the, and while that was just that was just played up more of like, ah, see, Americans, they, they this is what they do, mm-hmm. um, but. 
this was this was like more like a peaceful thing turned ugly. Mm-hmm. It'd be like you know, it's like you walk in with a white flag of surrender, and then they shoot you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this was so much right. more backstabby. But like you said, they have to they have to cover it up. Yeah. Uh, and the ma- the 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 friend pilot Matt, he's then transferred to like a new base, a new a new squadron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who for this ultra top secret mission, and we instantly are introduced to this Sergeant Bilko esque <laughs> like group of people who are. There's like there's like water cascading down because like they hit a water pipe and they're trying to turn it off but they're arguing about how to turn it off yeah. like lefty loose you know righty tighty there's just like a really heavy I, set guy. I would love to think that if you're a fucking pilot who handles like a three hundred million dollar plane, you know lefty loosey righty tighty already. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like you should know how to like turn a bolt. Yeah. Like, or the or the the base's plumber is on his way. Yeah. <laughs> There's an actual engineer yeah. to look at the thing. Yeah, you can shut the water off. Yeah, like right. there there are things you can do. No, uh, no, you're gonna fall on a table and make some laughs. Yeah, yeah, but there's like a really heavy set guy. Mm-hmm. He's not fitting in any cockpit. <laughs> it's like, what, what is this place? They have regulations for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it just makes absolutely no sense. But as we see, that is actually part of the plot. Yeah, it gets ah. revealed later yeah. that they're like a ragtag bunch of pilots yeah. that have been what I, if I remember correctly, have been brought together to essentially purposefully fail correct the mission yes. Yes. that right. they're being sent on because it's supposed to be a joint russian american operation and they yeah. want it to fail because they want it to appear politically that mm. there's no possible way that americans and russians could ever get along yeah and operation it, dark star correct yeah I yeah think, i think that's what it was called yeah and it's and, it was the mat and the whole plan was uh from the like was he a general or colonel or What's the character that basically that has the weird Boston accent that we couldn't quite oh, yeah. locate or whatever? Who introduces uh, all of the colonel? Pun- yeah, yeah, colonel. Because Ch- Chappie uh, gets called out of re- retirement to, to, to head uh, uh, an operation Dark Star, and and he 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 then becomes a general. Yeah, in in this story, so okay. right, and, I, and, I, to, and yeah. I believe that the person who hires him is a general as well. That's okay, right. uh, yeah, so like he. Chappie is forced then to, to try to work with the Russian pilots who they bring in, mm-hmm. uh, including including a woman pilot. Yeah. You know, it's like this is showing how Russian is more progressive. Just mucking up all the barracks with her yep. boobies no. and then causing distractions. Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, and but no, like all the characters in the movie are like so thrown off by this woman pilot. Like, yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, this is like late 80s. Like, I'm sure there were women pilots. Yeah. Like the fact that they made such a big deal out of it is like so ludicrous. It's a big movie deal. Yeah. yeah. It's big yeah. in the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, so there's already like all this tension that's being set up and uh, uh, all the American guys are being extra like jerks. Like, like the, all the Russian beds have blankets have holes in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh, those are your blankets because yeah. those are the blankets you deserve. And it, and it, it's a, a lot of it is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It's like they're really, really trying to push home that America does not like Russia. Yeah, yeah. And while that may be some of the case, I think that they they obviously blow it way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get an inkling now from Matt that one of the pilots may have been the pilot that shot down Doug. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's even like more infuriating to him that this guy got invited out there. And we have the kind of like chappy his 
his alternate for the Russians, like mm-hmm. the, the the Russian chappy is there with them and like they keep just the whole movie is just spent breaking up fights and arguments yeah like it's like all these like petty like yeah bickering matches yeah. like who wants to watch that for an hour yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're in like the russian armored vehicle and the americans are like oh no no we know everything about this because you copied it from us i'm just gonna push buttons and they start opening fire yeah like on on cars and stuff and it, it's just really too much to watch yeah it's like why did they <laughs> I mean, obviously the colonel was, he chose the right fuck ups for this mission because they are total fuck ups. Like these guys shouldn't have even been in the military to begin with, much less given like this, even a mission to like destroy essentially. And one of the pilots is claustrophobic, which is ridiculous. Like all cockpits are teeny tiny. Mm -hmm. You're telling me if you get into a like flight cockpit, you're not claustrophobic, but then you fly it through a pretty wide canyon yeah and now you're claustrophobic like oh, come yeah. on like <laughs> that's the guy who crashes into the side of the yeah, yeah. He's into the broad side of a mountain <laughs> yeah that <laughs> poor dope uh, <laughs> because yeah we discovered that this claustrophobic pilot which i can't even believe i said that phrase uh uh he gets when he flies into this valley he basically the mountain sides above him i guess like get like activate his claustrophobia and in his panic flies into yeah like you said a broad like faced wall of like this mountain yeah. ahead of him doesn't pull up no. doesn't it just totally locks up and dies yeah which is <laughs> jesus yeah th- th- <laughs> this is a little bit after that matt gets uh because uh, matt is our main character yes uh he gets thrown off the team because he starts a fist fight mm-hmm. yeah. even though he was pretty much antagonized into it yeah yeah just fight uh, with yuri right yeah, yeah yeah yuri the pilot that he believes shot, shot down Doug. yeah absolutely and because uh, he matt is having a is is a has a burgeoning romance with the female russian pilot right. valerie yeah, and the the Russian guys aren't very happy about that. Right. Um, and uh, there, there is a really great moment. It was probably my favorite moment of the film where uh, Champion and Verdosky are just basically going at it, like saying, like, you guys, your Russians are antagonizing. It's like, oh, your Americans are incompetent. And then, like, the, the CIA and the KGB are trying to, like, quiet them down, and they both immediately turn on the CIA and KGB agents together. <laughs> yeah, going, yeah. You know, you snakes in the grass only care about the politics of all of this. You don't actually care about the, the integrity of our pilots and what we want. Like, it's such a, they, they're both so in tune with hating their governments. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the so, bureaucracy of their government. Yeah, so I really, I really liked that moment between, uh-huh. between them. That's awesome. Yeah, united under the, the umbrella of hating bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I have a note here too that uh, I had forgotten about uh, but we during a lot of this movie we discussed how much and how bad the ADR was it was like this whole movie was looped it was like they didn't have on set like sound recorders or something Mm -hmm. or they had to change a lot of the dialogue they probably needed to to cram in a a lot more story points yeah get what we're doing got it yeah there's a lot of information that i guess they realized wasn't being provided to the audience while they're driving jeeps yeah like in wide shots like you just see like yeah these like basically landscape establishing shots with like a bunch of plot thrown in over them is like very like very poor that's why they're in movies and some of the time just like we need to make up a conversation yeah compared to the first movie really bad filmmaking um but uh yeah so they're they essentially like with uh, our main character matt like basically the love interest 
scenario is almost mm-hmm. the final straw yeah. sort of like mm-hmm. it's like you know you might be an american and you might annoy us and blah blah, blah but you don't take our russian women yeah. like you know like don't cross that line kind of thing and it all sort of comes to a head mm-hmm. and um is this where chappy essentially has to give that speech is like where he's handing everybody the guns and it's like oh you hate oh. the russian guys yeah. why don't you shoot them then like yeah. go right. ahead no one's stopping you and right. like is that where that comes into play? Uh, that, that, that comes in a little bit after, mm-hmm. but uh, because basically the the Russian colonel and Chappie, th- this whole setup was was to fail. Chappie, yeah. Chappie calls out his superior about it and says like the you you chose these men mm-hmm. because they would screw up. You know, you chose a claustrophobic pilot so he would cause an incident. Yeah, much actually like the the plot of Hot Shots. To be honest, like mm-hmm. as goofy as that is, uh, Charlie Sheen's character is brought in on the mission. To make it fail. Yeah, that's right. Because he's got post-traumatic stress from his father's death, and they keep bringing it up so that he'll compromise the mission and make it seem like they they need this better plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's wow. the plot of Hot Shots. That's the actual plot of that movie. Um, <laughs> in, in this, like the the military, the U.S. military actually wants a stronger response mm-hmm. to this nuclear threat in this foreign country. And they don't want this cooperative effort between Russia and America. Mm-hmm. So because uh, of the colonel, specifically the American colonel. Yeah. Right. It's like it wasn't necessarily like a government okayed sabotage. It was like he was sort of like a lone wolf kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He went off the rails and it was like in his hatred for Russia and all this stuff like for like like allow and his ability and his power in government like allowed him to set forth this exactly. plan. And so Champy and the Russian colonel have like make a deal that. Like, we're gonna we're gonna do this our way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not gonna let this incident get blown out of proportion and hurt both of our countries. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I think that he does the speech of like, you guys need to work together. You can't. You want to kill these guys? Here's a gun, and that forces them to acknowledge each other and that they respect each other at least on some levels. Yeah, because they're all pilots, right? And they're all and they all have like the same like passion for for that you know that culture right but also i think it's an interesting way to like wake people up it's like okay you've been fighting and bickering and causing problems for weeks now if you're gonna like really be antagonizing people then fucking kill each other it's like if if that's like the end game yeah. then what are we like dicking around for and let's yeah. just do it it's and the when airing of the grievances yeah exactly and when they're no one is able to pull the trigger I guess they sort of have to be like, yeah, this bickering is kind of stupid. Yeah. If we're like, if we're not going to be men about it and actually like do something, then we should just yeah, like make peace. Um, and so now that they're all like unified and like together and are ready to basically handle the situation, um, despite the sabotage element, they're yeah. going against that idea. Um, they have to start working together to like take out this nuclear threat. Right. Yeah. This nuclear missiles is is being prepped for launch. I don't know if they ever admit where the target is. I'm not sure. Uh, Operation Dark Star, they are based out of Israel, but that's very adjacent to many other countries mm-hmm. yeah. that, that, that will be of interest. So yeah. it's certainly not Israel. Going to be. But, but the plan is to, because this facility is so buried into a mountain, mm-hmm. that you know it, it's very unlikely that you, the, the American option wants to be to just completely blow it up, which mm-hmm. could as a result, create a lot of fallout. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where if they could blow it up inside the mountain... Yeah, strategically. And, and, yeah, and and destroy the missile, but contain anything that it might 
any problems they might have inside that facility. Mm-hmm. So there's these, I guess there's these gigantic ventilation ducts on the side yeah, yeah. of the mountain that they just need to <laughs> the launch some missiles. The convenient Death Star hall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the whole plan is like the because they need to like they need to blow up the vents. They need to send in ground troops along with air support, and so that's why they have the armored car. Mm-hmm. Is that they're gonna they're gonna like airdrop this car or, or land and drop it off uh, from this cargo plane. And so you'll have ground support at the same time as you have the air support. Yeah. And so they, they all just go off the reservation. They steal everything as per Chappie's yeah. per Chappie's talent of yeah. stealing aircraft. <laughs> his, his, yeah. His mo- modus operandi, which is just, just steal. Yeah. yeah. Talent don't knock it. Yeah. And, and basically they have like a couple of like mini bosses that they need to defeat. Like they need mm-hmm. to take out this, I think some kind of radio or radar antenna, Mm-hmm. to that control tower type yeah. thing. And uh and in addition oh, to yeah. to getting the vents because it won't be an I guess it won't be enough just to take out the facility or they can't take the facility out without that. Yeah. Um and of course everything starts going horribly wrong. Like mm-hmm. they the cargo plane is shot down and they're forced to, to drive the car along the ground with like tanks and other mm-hmm. troops coming at them. Yeah. Um and they'd set down mines to take out the radio tower on the ground, correct? Yeah. 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 And that was extremely uh, exciting and dramatic because they couldn't detonate it as remotely as they would have liked to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so one of them, I think it was one of the Russians, had to walk holding the detonator and walk into right. range and then detonate it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's taking hits. Yeah. Yeah. The whole way. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they've, they've, the car has, I think, been disabled. And uh, so now they're on foot and they're hiding just behind it like a series of rocks. But in order to to detonate the radio tower. Yeah. He has to get closer and he just keeps taking hit after hit. He gets within range and then basically dies. Yeah. Sacrifices of his life for the mission. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they save the day really. Yeah. Like like, ultimately, but yeah, but it has to be noted that it's actually a really awesome sequence. Yeah. Like they, like there is like pyrotechnics out the ass and the, you know, they're like, they're setting bombs off. It's awesome. You got tanks and ground troops and soldiers and planes. There's a lot, there's a lot going into this. Yeah. It's a hell of a payoff for such comical goofery earlier, earlier in the movie. Like it felt like we were watching stripes earlier and then it, and then it turns into a full blown action film. Yeah. Like you have character, like was it was a, was it a Russian uh, character that was, did the caricatures? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was like he's like doodling like yeah. the whole movie and like creating these like wacky caricatures and stuff. Yeah. Which actually, once they completely and like they, they they complete the mission and like they're successful, it like don't we have a callback to the caricature? Yeah. It's like an, yeah. Im- an in memoriam essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's important to also note that the 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 Russian pilot who's been antagonizing Matt mm-hmm. reveals that he was not. Not the, pilot, the guy that shot not down the Doug. pilot, even though he wanted he want at first like he wanted him to believe that he was like as an intimidation tactic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he said I I was not the the man who shot down your friend. Yeah. Uh, so like at least they had some closure, at, you know, because otherwise he could still even even if they had mutual respect and got the mission done, he would still like hate him sure. for, forever. Yeah. Resentment. I'd yeah. like to think I like to think of the alternate ending of this movie where like he actually was the guy that shot down Doug and they complete this mission and stop nuclear holocaust and. And it's all well. And then, like, they're they all getting out of the planes, you know, getting ready to celebrate and cheer. And then Matt just pulls out a gun and just shoots this guy. First yes. things first. <laughs> <laughs> There's one last order of business. <laughs> Blam! Like, <laughs> that pilot, Yuri Button, by the way, is played by uh, Colin Fjord, uh, who for, for, for the longest time, I, I believe, was British or, uh-huh. or English. He's actually American. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. And um, he just speaks really proper. He just speaks very proper. <laughs> he looks like he's British for some reason. But he, he, here he's playing a Russian. And 
I had first noticed him in uh, the, the, the 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 movie Titus, the the oh. the, the, the Julie film. Taymor movie, yeah, the, the Julie Taymor Shakespeare adaptation. Hmm. Uh, and he's he's since played bad guys and character roles in many other movies since. But I think he's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'd say he was probably along with like Louis Gossett was like the best actor. Yeah. yeah, in this movie. But um, but yeah, they save the day. Mm-hmm. All is well in the world. And they, they get they get it like a a special Russian patch. Oh yeah, like, that like actually was kind of cool. Like it's a Russian and American flag mm-hmm. patch, unity patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it, we'll get to, but they actually that shows keep, up in Aces, right? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they keep continuity with it later, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and on that note, I guess we can move on to aces yeah. iron eagle three i know it's so awesome <laughs> the title is as awesome as the movie yeah because uh, yeah, it's not even called iron eagle three it's called oh. aces it's called aces, aces. this yeah. is so good Hash- we're gonna give it its own title yeah. <laughs> hashtag iron eagle three yeah. uh, which came out in 1992 this movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> it is. It is aces. It was such a great turnaround because the bar was so much lowered, and we're thinking, is, yeah. is always going to be these these miserable young fuck ups? No, there's going to be some great old people too. Yeah, <laughs> it totally and some new young people too. Yeah. It totally lived up to the cover art. Like, because yeah. when we like when you told me you wanted to do it, and I was like looking up what these movies were. This is the only movie poster that is just super fucking rad. Like in like that low budget direct to DVD way. It's yeah. just like just explosions and like planes and like a super hot muscle chick on the yeah. cover. And, you know, it's just like, oh, man, this is going to be wacky. It, it feels like um like the Andy Sedaris movies of the 80s, which I have like posters hanging up in my yeah. house. But it's just like the bullets, bombs and babes like franchise. It's just like we're going to be like chicks running around and shooting guns. It's going to be like crazy. And it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> the movie opens up with. Uh, a mock dogfight between different country, different countries, World War Two era fighter planes. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We've got it. We got a, like a Luftwaffe pilot. We've got uh, uh, played by Horst Buchholz. Uh, we got Sonny Chiba mm-hmm. as like a zero pilot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Chappie's obviously flying. A, uh, I think he's flying a, a, a P thirty eight. Thirty eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and then we have the British pilot uh, finding is he finding a Spitfire I believe yeah it's a Spitfire um, Christopher Casanova mm-hmm. so it's like we're introduced to all these characters right away and they're doing this great they're doing air paintball yeah and that is so awesome uh, yeah yeah it's like war, like it's a war game essentially yeah. set up for at an air show, at an air air show. show. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so whenever they take a hit they have to like like pull like some smoke fog to come out of their engine to show that they've that they're out of the running yeah, for, this, yeah. for this match. <laughs> uh, and Fred Dalton Thompson, Senator mm-hmm. Fred Dalton Thompson, <laughs> uh, is uh, the uh, basically the MC of this, you know, uh, air show. Like, you know, like it's his show. He yeah. says, like his his flying circus kind of thing. And uh, you know, and it's it's like a really interesting opening to this movie. And it's something uh, I would actually go see in real life. Sure. If it was something they actually, I don't think they actually do this, right? Not in this way. Yeah, because yeah. like stray so bullets. Often. Yeah, like your your planes are shooting at each other. Those bullets are going all over the place, even if they're paintball. Yeah, they have to have enough pro- propellant to go from a plane to another to, to plane. another plane. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it's gonna be a lot of stray paint soft 
Yeah, <laughs> hitting hitting something other than the plane. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like there's people in the crowd. If you're ever flying toward the crowd and firing, it's gonna hit. Yeah. Something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Chappie, a friend of Chappie's, is shot down, uh, and said so, like he's like super super bummed about it. Yeah. Um, and so you you think that this movie is going to be about uh like res- more rescue missions and things like that. But it's all about drugs. Yeah, yeah. drug about, trafficking. It's a crazy drug trafficking at the the Air Force Base that Chappie works at being shut down. Mm-hmm. And so they're using it as like a guise to bring in drugs. From Peru. Peru, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, or just, Rapu. Rapu, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish they had just say, changed the names every, of all yeah, the countries. It's all a vaguely fictional <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's even like this scene of uh, where they had the plane wreckage. There's all these freaking bullet holes in this thing. Yeah. Like, this isn't just like, an, this This was more serious than we were led to believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we're intercut with that where there's like this village in Peru that's being held by a former Nazi who's <laughs> the head of this drug. And he's got, and he's got like um, a hypochondriac. He's, oh, he's yeah. always like trying to be clean. He doesn't want to touch anything. But uh, Paul Freeman yes. gets to play this character and is just totally belloking it up. Yeah. Like, he is, he just is belloc. Belloc. <laughs> From Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just so exciting <laughs> to, to see him. And then the, the twist for him is that he ends up being the brother of the German pilot <laughs> who stole his medal. It's just so much. There is so much excitement to this movie. I have never had so much fun. I know. It's like uh, so wackadoo. <laughs> and, and like, so the daughter of this guy is this extremely muscular but gorgeous woman. Yeah. And she's being held prisoner. (laughs) That's Rachel McLish as Anna. Yeah, Yeah, who apparently was... She was only in... She only had, like, three acting credits. Yeah. Um, And... But she was uh, the first Miss Olympia, um, like, to ever, like, take the crown or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I guess because of her, like, bodybuilding uh, uh, celebrity, they, yeah. you know, just like someone like, you know, like Schwarzenegger or something, they threw her in movies. Mm-hmm. But she was awesome. She yeah. was great. Like, yeah. they're like, I literally have no criticism. Like, her acting nope. felt natural. Like, yeah. she was super fucking fit. Natural enough for a movie like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, and like super hot. Yeah. And, like, just, it was just, like, everything. I, like, I wish she had become a bigger action star, yeah. honestly. Sure. I would watch a million movies yeah. with her. In the, during the because uh, I bought these DVDs off Amazon, but as soon as I got them, they were all like the covers like these aren't these are like made. In fact, I think I think my Iron Eagle three uh, DVD is is yeah. manufactured. It's it's purple, but I was so concerned over the quality, so I just like went through the movie just going chapter by chapter, just doing chapter heads, making sure it was gonna play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the chapter just opens up with this scene. Yeah. Of of Anna in chains doing like Olympic ring, like her, her hand, her hands are manacles like on her wrist, but yeah. she starts doing like Olympic rings kind of thing where yeah. she's lifting her up by her arms, just her arm strength. Keeping yeah. Tension. And, uh, like just like her wrists are bleeding from the, the manacles cutting into her. And then she just does this flip. And I remember just, I just watched the whole scene. Yeah. Cause like, I couldn't like, look away. I was like, this is an iron Eagle movie. What, what if I see, how here? did we get here? <laughs> cause, cause skipping through iron Eagle two, there's planes and military <laughs> stuff. Totally get it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, this, this is more the same. And then I'm just watching this scene and I'm like, 
I cannot wait to watch this movie. I know. It's like a Rambo film. Um, yeah, that was actually when we when we were watching the movie and that scene kicked in. Uh, Amanda had like gone to use the restroom and yeah. it was like <laughs> what and, I missed. And then she just heard screaming from the living room, like because we were just like all like, oh my god, this is awesome! Like, and so we actually had to take it back. It was like yeah. one of the very rare instances in Cinemarathon where we rewind anything. Yeah. Because in doing Cinemarathons, you do not have the extra minutes. Like you're just barely special. getting through. So it was like, but this is worth it. Yeah. Worth every second. Okay. So. Yeah, just after raising her up, she flips herself upside down, wraps her legs around a beam, brings herself up, yeah. and then unhooks the chain. Yeah, unhooks the chain because they, you, while she's manacled, the chains are like just on a hook. Yeah. Um, and then she waits for a guard to come by, notices this she's missing, and just whips the chain around and then lifts him up, and it's just like just fucking wrecks this it, dude. It, it is the best, and her clothes are totally <laughs> torn apart. By the way, her <laughs> jeans are like. Like, like, uh, like tearing under the strain of the movement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like they're ripped all the way up to like the pockets. Yeah. So they're, they're just like open. And her shirt's just in tatters. Like, I think I tweeted out. There was like, she's so ripped. Her jeans had to be ripped too. Or like her clothes. (laughs) It was just like, my God, she's just like, the muscles are just wrecking her clothes. I, I, like I said, I really wish Rachel McClish had, had more opportunity to like be in other movies. Yeah. Because um, for low budget fare, there really aren't many legitimized female action yeah. stars. There right. are very few, and I've only recently heard about them. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, we're getting there now. Actually, like they're yeah. like recently we've had a few that are so, like Gina Carano and a few other actresses like that. But um, during this time, yeah, the I'd early say 90s, yeah. yeah, the early nineties, it was like sort of slim pickings. And I think the the one that I was always a huge fan of was Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, um, oh, sure. Because she's just, for obvious reasons, really rad, like just martial arts wise and stuff. But as far as like an Americanized style, like female actioneer, there there aren't many. Yeah, I mean, like Ripley would be like mm-hmm. the closest thing that we had gotten. Yeah, yeah. And and most of her action comes later in her movies. Like right. she, it's not it's not she's not Commando. Yeah. Like start to finish. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, but strong female as far as just like a strong female character. Yeah, and there's a few exceptions within the context of this movie where she becomes feminized to the point of being like damsel in distress. Yeah, which is kind of weird considering how capable she is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's kept to a minimum, and it's usually within the context of situations where I guess anybody would need assistance. Sure. Like if you got a gun pointed at you, and like there's no recourse, like what are you gonna do, kind of thing. Yeah. So, but for the most part, she's like one of the most capable female heroes I've ever mm-hmm. seen in a movie, and it's just cool. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. Just cool to see that. And, and once she escapes, she hitches a ride on the cargo plane that's heading back to the base with the drugs. Mm-hmm. So this is how she manages to meet up with Chappie mm-hmm. uh, because I think she goes to like her father's place where Chappie just happened to be going into to just like to check on his his affairs and things mm-hmm. like that and finds her there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, says like, you know, well, I'm going to help you. And then she I can't remember why she leaves and she goes to the slum. Maybe she. I think she had maybe. That was her. Family. That was her mom. It was like either her mom's apartment. It was like someone she know knew. It yeah. was their their apartment. Yeah. And she was like going to check in essentially. And this is where we meet TV. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the resident black man of the movie. Yeah. The, the, the TV mo- played by Phil Lewis. <laughs> the, the the most '90s man ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so TV essentially is standing outside of the building yeah. that uh, Rachel McClish is trying to get into. And we discover that he's sort of the guy around town, yeah. like the guy who's sort of in the know. He's like a petty thief, I guess. Like yeah. he but does seems, what he, but, but, but he, he doesn't seem as bad as some, some of the other riffraff around. Yeah, yeah. He's just sort of like the likable, yeah. like local criminal, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, but yeah, he, he pays off TV to like basically keep watch. And then we, is it like the local, villain essentially right like yeah. mobster type yep. guy like comes out and like arrives as well mm -hmm. and essentially pays off tv too yeah yeah like everyone's sending bribes tv's way yeah. uh so champy finds out about the drugs and starts sniffing around and we find out now that the military is involved mm -hmm. that they're the ones actually bringing the drugs in and taking their cut and so they decide that they have to deal with Chappy, mm -hmm. and so how they deal with them is they sabotage the air show dogfighting. Yeah, by putting live ammunition. It's it's Child's Play three. Yeah, yes. um, uh, putting live ammunition into the into the thing where so Chappy actually gets shot down. Yeah, for real, for real. But it's okay. But it's it's kind of a weird plan because it's the most traceable and obvious plan. Someone did this. Yeah. Like, it's not like, like he, he took a piece of the engine out and the plane crashed. Mm -hmm. He put rounds of live ammunition. Which someone consciously has to do. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't a thing that can accidentally happen. Yeah. That's and, not mechanical failure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is, it's not n impossible to assume it's an accident. Yeah. Um. So th this only drives Chappie more mm -hmm. to like, to want to do something about it but where they try they try to bring in the, like the dea but they can't find anything like in the village I, you know they don't see anything in satellite photos or surveillance mm -hmm. photos so they're forced to kind of go in on their own like he he convinces dalton thompson to give them the planes yeah essentially uh and uh, but sonny chiba doesn't want to do it because, you know, he's got a family. And he hasn't seen them recently. Yeah. And so he's like, he, he decides that he's not going to go because he wants to, he needs to go see his family before he can, he can partake in something this dangerous. Yeah. Um, um And so like, you know, they, they, they kind of, there's this like down moment where like, oh, I don't, we won't be able to do it with mm -hmm. so few, but we're going to have to try anyway. Mm -hmm. um And then, you know, there's like the surprise that. Sonny Chiba's going to do it anyway. Like yeah, he, yeah. He, he can't leave his friends behind. He's going to do it. Yeah. Um, and so we come now to, like, the assault on this Peruvian village. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's surrounded by, like, crazy death traps, like like spring-loaded spike traps. And... It's essentially Vietnam. Yeah. Like, like it seems like right. they, they, like, took the concept, like, this guerrilla warfare-ridden, like, country right. that's yeah. dangerous everywhere and, like, just transplanted it to Peru. Yeah. And and TV had snuck on the plane that they flew there mm -hmm. and, like, smuggled himself in the baggage compartment. And so now <laughs> they have to deal with him. They open up the baggage compartment. He's just dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, suffocation yeah, or freezing he, or he, something. What's his? Uh, Dave Chappelle and Con Air. Oh yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen Con Air actually. Uh, I need to. You ruined it. I almost spoke too soon. Okay. <laughs> That's my fault though. I should have seen that movie already. Yeah. It's been That's long. You, it's Matthew. been long enough. That's yeah. on you. Yeah, <laughs> twenty years, Matthew. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they're forced to take him along, and there's like a series of like really goofy things where like they're riding horses, but they give him like a donkey. Yeah. Uh, he tries to like Rambo himself up. Uh huh. Uh, so of course he gets caught. 
Of course. And, <laughs> and, and the village is like totally secured uh, by the bad guys. And we ran into these series of situations where we have a cargo plane that's about to take off. Uh, the village needs to be retaken. Uh, and uh, there were other planes right up in the air that the yes, yeah. that the that they have to dogfight mm-hmm. in in their antiquated World War II planes. Yeah, yeah. Which and I have to say as good as the filming has been on the past movies for the flight stuff, the filming is real bad in this movie. Well, well, We're starting well, to show the age or, yeah, or well, maybe even the, the the budget possibly. I, I will say with the exception of the British Spitfire pilot getting mm-hmm. knocked upside down. Oh yeah. my god. Where he's hanging from outside and of the he's plane. Hanging upside down, dangling from the cockpit. Yeah, which um, they actually did. Yeah. Like I can't even believe like they managed to pull that off. That's, That's right. crazy. Yeah. It was all saving up for that sequence. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember why he had to open up his cockpit. Because he threw a grenade. Oh. <laughs> From the inside of the plane. He, he lobbed it over at, at the plane that was next to him. Oh, and, and yeah, and he and it caused him to, to yes. roll over yes. like the weight shift. The blast, yeah. <laughs> and knocked his plane over. And and so Chappie comes by and like tilts his wing yep. back up and around or Yeah, yeah they him. like they like touch wings, like wingtips, and he like yeah. pushes him over yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it, it it was a pretty cool sequence. It's yeah. fucking rad. It yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but definitely the in like in cockpit footage right. looks real lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a little there's a little less rocking to, to show turbulence, it's just them sitting still. Yeah. Almost. And like they, yeah, they drift the camera a little bit, but yeah. it's just like, yeah. and the sky patterns are all wrong, and the lighting mm. doesn't even look like they're up in the sky. Like it's a real weak sauce. But we but. still care about the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you, um, like Chappie's mission was like to destroy the cocaine factory, mm-hmm. uh, and they also had to destroy the cargo plane or stop it. And so Anna is trying to now like secure the village. Mm-hmm. And they're forced to take refuge. Like she manages to free everybody, but they're forced. They're locked down in the church. Yeah. And they're just like shooting at people from like the church tower. And some little kid takes a bullet. Yeah. (laughs) Like assault on precinct 13 style just gets gatted. And and there's a couple scenes where she's like rounding up children and she literally, Anna one handed grabs a kid by his shirt and lifts him up and runs with him. Just diesel. She's so (laughs) diesel. Like it's amazing. Um, and so all the while, while they're, while they're hiding out in the church, taking fire, they just now start to notice that they're wiring the church to to, to, to blow. blow up yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is gonna be the best scene ever and yeah in the whole franchise the best scene <laughs> <I can't even> <laughs> <talk>. <laughs> yeah so essentially they once the the church is rigged to blow and they manage to get most of the innocents out like but she, you have to also understand like rachel mcclish at this point has been fucking ramboing it yeah. like through this village All like way. not just saving little kids but just gunning people down yep, yep, like yep. doing work and then uh, when the church explodes, the church bell flies into the sky and in an amazing, like, not it's not filmed well. Like, the special no. effects are terrible. It's real goofy. But the church bell flies in the sky and is, like, forever just flying <laughs> towards camera. Flying straight. Yeah, just flying in a straight arc. And, like, you, it keeps cutting to this guy in a Jeep who's, like, getting ready to, like, escape. 
and he's like trying to get out of there and but he like the every it keeps cutting back to the bell like chase but essentially he's like chasing this yeah. guy in a way it, 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 it seems like he's thinking this isn't headed here but i should probably but, leave yeah i should probably get out of here but it's not gonna make my way <laughs> and after like i'd say maybe what four cuts but like back and forth between yeah. this dude waiting to get hit by a bell and the bell atta- like chasing him it fucking wrecks him like yeah. it lands right on his fucking head <laughs> and like it's just like there's a uh, we even tweeted out the picture of it but it was yeah. uh this guy just dead in the driver's seat with a bell on his head with blood come like pouring out of the bottom of it and like doesn't i think tv makes more like a oh nice hat <laughs> like like yeah. he says some kind of crazy like one-liner about it yeah yeah it was the best thing we <laughs> we saw that day such a great anticipation because it would have been funny either way if the the church exploded and the bell just lands on some guy yeah. right. but the fact that they like build this scene out like yeah. you're you like you know what's going to happen you're waiting for it you see the bell come in the guy's looking at it you cut back you still see the bell come in and then he just gets taken out yeah. is like yeah. one of the funniest things ever a, a bell curve is not aerodynamic <laughs> but this bell traveled maybe 30 or 40 yards yeah. away from the blast yeah. site <laughs> it, 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 I, mean, it, I think it, like i don't know like to me like the impact of like just seeing the church explode and the bell go up and then just cut to the guy in the jeep they, like laughing getting his getaway and the bell just tumbles down on him that way oh yeah would have been okay it jumps yeah. on him like the monty python foot yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have expected it but at the same time you go okay that's where the bell went yeah uh, but yeah, this buildup is so perfect because it, it basically makes you feel like the bell is conscious. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like this like living like attack monster that's like coming for him. It's amazing. His father with the same way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was easily the funniest moment we had <laughs> in the whole franchise. Yeah, we all got a big cheer. Out. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so now that they they blow up the church, like they're managing to take out this Peruvian drug cartel, essentially. Yep, Chappie and uh, Sonny Chiba, um, they're they're pursuing the cargo plane, and uh, Horikoshi takes it upon himself to kamikaze the cargo plane, which is pretty like inconsiderate. Like you know, what I mean, like it's like eh. the, like it's it's I would say borderline like racist like like the yeah. stereotype is just like yeah. like horikoshi is yeah. not gonna fucking kamikaze at the age of like 70 you know like yeah. to stop like a little bit of cocaine from getting into right. the country well, like it doesn't they, it's not worth it they could, they could call it in call the plane in because they have the dea coming already yeah like they managed right. to, they managed to get a call out or signal out to them so they're coming any number of things could have happened mm-hmm. unnecessary um especially since we had uh, uh, was it Horst Buckholz got shot down? Yeah, yeah. And and Big we thing. assume that he's dead, but he's not. Yeah, no. And <laughs> and so it was just like, well, I hope I would hope that Horikoshi could have ejected or come yeah. Out. I mean, um, but that of course would defeat the purpose of the honorable right. kamikaze, yeah, kamikaze. I guess. Dead. Do they build zero planes to be able to eject anyway? No, but I mean, or would this, they, they would this bu- one have been retrofitted to be able to mm-hmm. eject? I, I well, I would imagine since it's a stunt plane, yes, that there yes. would probably be some manner of which he yeah. could es- yeah. escape. Yes. Yeah, um, but it just the, the whole concept was just like, like I said, sort of racist. It's yeah. like you just yeah. because he was a Japanese pilot doesn't mean he has to kamikaze someone. Exactly. Like it's like oh, silly. Exactly. Yeah. It's silly. No, uh, with the speed booster comment, I believe where that comes into effect is Paul Freeman, who has stolen 
the one of the German uh, jet plane prototypes from when he was a World War II pilot oh, yes. along with his brother Hertz Buckholtz. Yes, yes. So he he had somehow during at the end of the war stolen this plane and kept it for his private plane. Yeah, yeah. Um so he's got a jet now against all these other uh, prop planes. Mm-hmm. And uh I think that's where the speed booster comes in for Chappie. Mm-hmm. Is that that he manages to like to he may have he may even do like a loop de loop kind of thing on yeah, him, yeah. like you know, Star Fox style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do a barrel roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, destroys the jet, but doesn't kill Paul Freeman. No, he doesn't, manages to get out. He manages to get out, and he parachutes and lands in front of Anna. Yeah, like and, directly in front yeah, of. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, hey, you know, how about he?" I guess he. I don't think they ever encountered each other, so he didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he's trying to like bribe her, mm-hmm. like saying, "Hey, if you." Give me your Jeep. Uh, I'll give you. I got like ten grand here. I'll give you. My, I'll give you this Jeep. And she can already see that there's one of like one of the traps. Yeah. Like just yeah. one of the Peruvian few... gorilla traps. Yeah. That are everywhere. For, apparently. From, the, from the Peruvian War. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the tiger trap, of course. <laughs> yeah. And of course, so he steps right in it, and uh, oddly enough, gets uh, forestalled. To make r- another Raiders reference, <laughs> yeah, he just gets like yeah, like the the this web of spears just yeah. like impales him and kills him, and then all is great, yeah, because they... Peru is fine now after we blow half of it up and drugs will never come into the country again. Yeah. And... Oh, certainly not. They, they they have like this crazy barbecue scene at the end. Yeah, Chappie's got this huge cowboy hat on <laughs> uh, because they're eating barbecue, of course. Yeah, and TV's like overcooking all the meat, and he's well, like, why did they let TV be the cook on the barbecue yeah. anyway. I don't know. And Chappie is like Skipper Gilligan-ing him with his hat. He's yeah. just like, go Gilligan. Oh, it's, just like, <laughs> it's like so silly. And then I guess they reveal that um, they had given, they've given, they're giving Chappie an, an old plane. Mm-hmm. And, and so they nickname it the Shadow Warrior in honor in of, honor of Horikoshi. Horikoshi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and, yeah, like after like this crazy epic, like, multinational like action movie for it to end with like just them clowning around or yeah. like the barbecue oh you burnt the steaks like yeah it's like what where did this come from it's we like just lost a good friend yeah yeah, yeah. it's like nuts is nuts but you know i'll allow it it's another wacky fun thing to remember about this movie yeah it's uh, so different <laughs> so different from the other two in all the best ways yeah though. uh certainly like i said rachel rachel mcclish was a very welcome addition Breath of fresh air yeah, yeah like just awesome really cool i'm I actually when i looked up the imdb like i said there was only she only had like three credits or something um she actually stayed really active in like bodybuilding for mm-hmm. years um but yeah acting wise she just sort of gave it up but she she headlined or starred in one other movie okay. um which is like just her on the cover holding a big fucking gun again right. like when are we watching it yeah i know yeah. right <laughs> i gotta yeah. find i gotta download <laughs> I, it because you <laughs> d- d- like the task that they give her it's it's to her talents i i think of it in in much a way like uh Jackie Chan or mm-hmm. Jet sure. Li like like or even even Sonny Chiba who didn't ever do anything that he would be probably more famous for yeah yeah uh in this movie um like they basically like wrote this scenario hey can you do this yeah yes she can <laughs> she literally can yeah. not just like m- movie magic but she can mm-hmm. fucking pull this off yeah 
Well, I guess on that note, we can move on to Iron Eagle 4. And thanks for listening. Uh, (laughs) And we're done. Tune in next month when we, what? Uh, Which came out in 1995. Talk about ragtag. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Surprisingly enough, in this movie, we retcon Doug Masters' death. Yeah, R- Doug is back. Yeah, it's bullshit. So he yeah, did, he didn't but quite die in a fiery explosion. He, <laughs> he faked his death and right? abandoned his family for no reason. Well, he was held prisoner by the Russians for quite a while. Oh, that's yeah, true. He yeah. was a POW, and then for... they and then somehow they let him out at some point in time. Yeah, I and guess. And then he got a job in a lifestyle in a in a, <laughs> so, in a trailer park. But, but, yeah, he's he's basically. A crop like, duster yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's crop dusting yeah. as a living. And he's, on, uh, he's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder where we've seen this character before. Yeah, possibly. Next. Oh, yeah, in 1995. <laughs> Independence Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It's Randy Quaid in Independence Day. <laughs> just, without the kids, just without the kids that we know of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like he's kind of shacked up. Not shacked up with some woman. Like if it's like her, his boss. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the owner she of owns the farm that he's dusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Chappie, I guess, tracks him down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is weird in that, like, he would have to know that he had faked his death, or that he was still, you know, like, how does Chappie even know? Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. you just yeah. assume he was dead? He certainly did in part two. Yeah, like yeah. you don't go looking for a dead man. Yeah, it's like it's just so weird, so weird. Yeah. Um. And but now, it's a new actor, right? Yes. Yeah. Doug just, is played by a new actor. Yeah. This is now uh, Jason Cadieu, mm-hmm. uh, who's Canadian, I believe. Mm, indeed. And yes. uh, but the whole reason, and the whole reason that Chappie goes to find him, isn't to like do a special mission or to like reunite him with it. It's I got a flying school and I need someone to help. I need some staff. <laughs> you work for me. Yeah, I need you to come out of your fake death retirement. Yeah. To come work at my shit school. Like, of all the reasons to go find someone who disappeared, that is the worst possible yeah. reason. I, I have to say, like, when you said like death retirement, it's so funny because the, the Wikipedia cast page for this, it's it has Louis Goss Jr. as General Charles Chappie Sinclair retired. But then Jason Cadu as Captain Doug Masters retired i was like are you retired we're retired like is that how he's credited as retired more, more like traumatized yeah. uh i just thought or was, mia i guess would really right? be missing or yeah. kia would be yeah killed yeah. in action yeah, yeah. We, we 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 never quite hear all the details of the circumstances of him coming back to to the united states yeah so maybe he's even living under a different name. Yeah. He just yeah. knows who he is. Jesus. It's like so convoluted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, but I do have here that there's a, that I guess Chappie gets revealed dancing again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. The first time we, we ever see him, he's working on the plane. On Doug's that, crop duster. Yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 that Doug flies and he's got headphones on and he's listening to, to he's the wiggle. He's dancing and humming. Yeah. And then yeah. so obviously like Doug is like, oh my God, it's the wiggle I know. Yeah. Like it's got to be Chappie uh-huh. or whatever. But yeah. So he, he convinces him. Right. Right. To so, leave. Yeah. It's not for the worst possible reasons. It's because uh, Chappie wants to help out young people like he had been. Yeah. And he knows that Doug uh, can, can, can hopefully see through his own problems. Yeah. 
but how does he know? Yeah. And and it's the worst possible youth delinquent school plan. Yeah. You're all troubled drug addict, runaways, all, yeah. killers. Killers. We're going to teach I'm, hey. willing, I'm willing to go there. Okay, I, the, yeah, the, yeah. One of those okay, kids yeah. killed a man, yeah, probably. Yeah. They kill people in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were um, yeah. Uh, and uh, they, like, let's let's give them flying lessons. How much, Matthew, you've done the research. How much does it cost to learn how to fly? It costs approximately, to get your license for a basic, like, small prop plane, when it's all said and done, costs about $120,000. Wow. Yeah, because of flight hours. Yeah. Like flight hours, like you literally pay, like no joke, like four to six hundred dollars an hour okay. to be in the sky. Yeah. Okay. And that's just not that's not including like the actual like school, like when you're like in class, like learning, like that's just flight time. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's bonkers. So like they're dropping on delinquent youths a hundred and twenty thousand dollar educations for being shitty. Again, yeah. people only get rewarded yeah. in this universe they're for being looking, assholes yeah. with Flight status. They're not yeah. looking to teach themselves to fly. It, it's like the the, the county saying, well, "I don't know what they're going to do." Yeah, you fucked up real bad. Okay, we're going to give you a hundred twenty thousand yeah. dollar gift. Here, here's your trade school that you go <laughs> yeah. to. Where you learn or, how to fly. Or you teach how to fly. I'm sure that's a skill you can use, right? Right. Horrible. Like, here's like, a discipline for you to learn. Yeah, to which is yourself to. Which is also bonkers because, like, personally, I don't want a bunch of fucking assholes up there like like we just have a whole sky full of like horrible people yeah like no thank you i want responsible like well-mannered people being pilots right. you know like it's just so crazy yeah. though crazy but we do arrive at the school and doug agrees to like partake and be his mm. assistant flight instructor and we get there and we notice that there's multiple are you afraid of the dark cast members yeah like in this flight school um, it's like I don't know any of their names, but in Are You Afraid of the Dark, the main lead guy with glasses, the sort of nerdy looking dude, is mm -hmm. one of them, and um, the blonde uh, who came in later seasons, who ended up being on like shows like Peep Show and Snakes oh, on a Plane yeah. and stuff. Like she's the other one. Okay. But uh, um, we're we're also instantly downgraded to uh, training aircraft. Yes. Because obviously yeah. this is a more budgeted film, and the yellow training planes, yeah, like which... th those are easy to acquire. They're all over the place. They're trainers. They're they're designed to be have two people flying them, one in control who can take controls if uh, they need yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's gotta have helped the budget so much for this movie. Yeah. Um, yet with this flying school, they're just allowed to fly away yeah. wherever they want. Yeah. No, like. No, what is it? What is it? Air their, traffic. Yeah, air traffic controlling, yeah. or uh, is it the FCC? Uh, FAA. FAA, yeah. There's no FAA regulation on this whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, you're just giving these people just free free flight, right? And and so the one girl, the first thing she does is she flies out to do a fake drug yeah. deal. Yeah. She steals the plane to go commit drug uh, drug trafficking. Yeah. Like, what? That's Wheeler, pl pl played by uh, Joan uh, Vanicola. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the very troubled Wheeler. <laughs> and, and, and it was like... The whole thing is that she's going to sell drugs for money, but it's fake. They're yeah. fake drugs. Yeah. And she's doing it to this guy who's got all this military surplus. Yeah. Lying around. Like, this is a serious fucking drug deal. This isn't like your local weed guy. No. Like, yeah. She's going into real rough territory with fake fucking cocaine. Yeah. To, to get money to go to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> to run away from it all. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. There's easier ways to get to Mexico. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not even that expensive there. Yeah. Like, in Mexico in the 90s? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up to we don't know where this is based anymore. 
Yeah, it's, we don't yeah. know what town or what part of of, of the, the the United it, States of America this story takes place. It, in. it yeah. seems like it's uh like eastern, like eastern, it seems like Coast. midwestern. To yeah, me. but but then like because the climax takes place in Florida, mm-hmm. so it's very bizarre. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so it's kind of yeah, it's really not certain where it's supposed to be. Yeah. I did love, though, in the scene where she arrives at the drug deal, she shows up and uh, there's like these four really huge like like uh, guards standing out there, like these like evil looking drug dealer dudes. And she's this tiny little like teenage, like really short girl, Uh, but she's got like moxie or whatever. And she like like walks up to them and like basically like stomps at them. And all all four of the guys like get scared. (laughs) They all like jump back. Oh, oh God. Like it was like really funny. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you know that this character is like got attitude kind of thing. Yeah. And so after this crazy drug deal, which is with, also not part of the movie. No. We <laughs> haven't got to the plot of the movie yet, yeah. by the way, uh-huh. which is she she flies back up in the air and now now Doug is after her. Mm-hmm. And they says, I want you to land at this abandoned military base yeah. so we can talk this out. Only to find out that the military base is not totally abandoned because there's a group of uh, people – digging up some kind of buried chemical weapons cache. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As like by total random chance. Random like chance. essentially our essentially our plot is by luck. Yeah. Like yeah. we we have a story by luck for these characters. Uh, there's no motivation for it whatsoever. Yeah. It's crazy. They, they they stumble on they Mr. Magooid onto this little plot of these chemical weapons that are going to be stolen. To carry out a doomsday, yeah. Yeah. a doomsday plan. Yeah, like end of the world shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, the stakes can't get any higher, people. <laughs> this, this group of military people is going to kill the planet. Yeah. <laughs> led, led by uh, M- Major General Brad Kettle. Yeah. Played by Al Waxman. Like, do we, like, obviously when we first see it, we don't know why this is all happening. But, like, why are these people so begrudged, like, that they would just, like, kill everyone like, what is their deal? What's well, their motivation? We find out later, later, big motivation for for G- General uh, uh, Kettle is he was inspired by by, by Chappie and Doug's plan from the from the events of the original the first movie. movie. Yeah, that when you see an injustice, you take your 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 God given ability <laughs> and you do your best. To correct it, and, and basically the injustice is if you're not America, yeah, yeah. you're right. unjust. If, yeah, if Cuba still exists in the manner that America does not like it to, throw your weight around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So now and the way he goes about it too, crazy. So now we're because they they're forced to land like at this like this base where they discover the weapon right, or right. whatever and become aware of the threat and then manage to escape. Right. Yeah. Like even after like there's this like world ending plan going on right now, they didn't like the people, yeah. the villains don't manage to keep this kid in flight training school yeah. from taking off and yeah. like escaping again. Like so now we have like our protagonists are aware of this plot that they have to diffuse. Mm-hmm. They don't know the, the the whole plot at this time though. Yeah, they don't know the whole deal, but they know something's not right. Well, right. And Chappie even goes to the general. Uh, to let him know what's going on, not knowing that he's he's the the perpetrator. Sure. Uh, and and we don't know how deep this goes because right. there's a lot of, there's a lot of twists mm-hmm. where stuff comes around where you think, oh good, the good guys are here, and it's like, nope, no, we're not, we're not, we're, <laughs> we're, not we're, good we're the guys. bad guys here. A lot of twists. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's this. Cr- 
I have it here. Like there, there's like a crazy interrogation scene with bees. With bees. Yeah. And Wicker Man style. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so crazy. <laughs> um, and the guy just basically gives up everything. Yeah. Like um, he tells them everything that they need. Uh, and for the plan, Operation Pandora, mm-hmm. to to release it on Cuba to destroy Cuba yeah. with this plague. I can't. It, it doesn't say what it was. I know it was like an actual disease. I don't want to say it was cholera, or it's disease carried carried through locusts. Uh, but it was right? like an act. But it, it was, was a, like it, an actual. It wasn't disease that exists, but oh. it was intensified. Yeah, it wasn't cholera, but it was something like that. Yeah. It was like a genetically modified and like super bug of, mm-hmm. of some sort. Yeah, that was going on. And like we actually get a really like once the kids are like on mission to like take care of all this stuff, we actually yeah. get a really awesome death with the the woman scientist yeah who gets locked into the genetic like disease containment unit essentially and mm-hmm. it gets activated and uh well but it, she doesn't get killed by the disease we determine that she actually gets killed by the cleaning process yeah the, 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 yeah. well like they 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 somehow engage the fire extinguishing system which is it's a halon yeah yeah gas uh, it, you know system so she's She'll suffocate long before the disease ends up killing her. Yeah, yeah. Cause, like, because the disease probably takes like days, where this is instant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you just there's it's poison for you're, sure. You're breathing poison. Um, but um, yeah, she gets taken out in that mm, containment unit in like pretty gnarly way. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the while, uh, another cargo plane escapade where uh, some of the students have snuck onto the plane. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get a lot of crazy deaths Mm -hmm. because they just basically open up the plane and people start falling Falling out out of the plane. Falling out. Yeah, yeah. straight up. Yeah, they just get sucked out. (laughs) Um, And then they... Don't they just start dropping? They start dropping the barrels off the plane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, They're just pushing out these deadly chemical weapons (laughs) out of the plane into the ocean, I guess. I guess that deactivates them in some way. So the ocean water neutralizes. <laughs> out the of sight, out of mind, warfare. right? Yeah. If I can't see it explode, no, does no. it actually explode? No <laughs> life can survive in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty wackadoo plan, yeah. all in all. Like they're just kind of going in willy nilly, and yeah. it's like crazy. Well, and, and like I can't. There's a scene where they they have to steal some computer evidence of. Uh, I guess they, they need to get some kind of log that showed that the chemical weapons were missing okay. yeah. or that they existed because mm-hmm. like, maybe they weren't supposed to because I can't honestly I don't I don't really remember I know that they had to hack a computer um, because there's a great scene where like they're locked in this behind this iron door yeah and they they, they chain it to a truck and they drive it and yank the doors and they, they grab some guy grabs onto the door while it's being dragged oh, by a yeah. truck. And yeah. He's just like yeah. hanging on for dear life That's and gets right. thrown off. Yeah. It was a pretty uh, cool practical stunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there, there was some, there was some interesting moments, but Doug then eventually does don the flight suit and steals an F 16 again mm-hmm. for, for this air to air combat scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the Colonel believing that his plan has failed just kills himself. Yeah. Really. He, like, he, he doesn't want to get exposed and yeah. go through like prison for 50 years yeah, or something. Yeah. So he can't he, handle it. Yeah. So he, he goes through the, he, he puts himself in the airlock and then just opens up the airlock into the disease room. And that's it. That's, that's all we get from him. And one of the students who I guess like the, the running gag of her is that she can't land. Mm-hmm. So she seizes control of the cargo plane. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we're all like anticipating whether or not she can land it. Of course she, 
Of course she does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, essentially, having committed this like incredible mission, they graduate. Yeah, it's like right. I was like, oh, look at all the great things you did. You're you're like certified now as pilot. Pilot. <laughs> this this is the pilot wings. <laughs> the pilot wings method of earning certification. Yeah, just send them on a mission, and if they live, then yeah, you're a pilot. You're, you're a pilot. You've proven yourself <laughs> under fire. Um, and it's it, always going to be this stressful, so you'll always be able yeah. to fly this way. And uh, so now, like at the ending of the the like little closeout scene is that like Wheeler and Doug are now instructors. Yeah, they're both instructors now. Yeah. yeah, which seems like a really derivatively dangerous concept is to inadequately trained pilots to then become pilot instructors. Yeah. Like, you know, so they don't even really know how to fly. And now they're all instructing other delinquent assholes mm -hmm. how to fly mm -hmm. even worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what that sounds great for, which is my own personal theory for this production. Uh, the, the, this one premiered on television. It premiered like on cable. Oh, really? Possibly even USA net mm. network. Mm -hmm. This totally feels like a big pilot for a oh TV for like show. a tv yeah. show or an iron eagles academy tv show oh i could see that which probably w w would have been like chappie bids farewell and says you guys are proving yourself yeah 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 doug you're now in charge you're always gonna have a crazy adventure yeah yeah and 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 crazy kids who who need to prove themselves and 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 it's either this or prison for them so mm -hmm. they get oh to, so they get to fly yeah it, it does have everything it, it, it has it troubled it troubled youths learning learning to to get together an endless supply of them yeah every week there's gonna be yeah. another one you got defeating a drug dealer yep. stopping a, a world-ending plot uh -huh. yeah uh yeah, yeah. it's got everything. this movie has everything yeah. <laughs> why isn't it good series, i know right this tv series has everything yeah <laughs> yeah it's just but as exciting as we may have recounted this movie to be, it's boring as fuck. Yeah. It is. Like, I was like, in the last act, I was just going, ugh, in the corner. Like, when will this end? Why are things still happening? Yeah. Like, it's just boring as hell. But uh, I but it was also, I guess, not fair that it came off the tail end of Aces. No way. Yeah. Which is just so wackadoo and, like, out there that it, like, it just has to be entertaining. But uh, certainly not the way I was hoping this franchise to end. Yeah. Like, uh, like we've had some franchises that have been bad, but then like ended strong, sort of like Texas Chainsaw. But uh, this is sort of reverse. Like yeah. it just fizzled yeah. out. Yep. That's the best way I know how to do it. But you know what it. was good about it was that it had ups and downs. Like it was That's like Iron Eagle, then Iron Eagle three, and then and then Iron Eagle four. Yeah. Doug's yeah. back. We get to find out. There's not much emotional closure, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'll always take variety first in a marathon sure. than yeah. just like yeah, just uh, like a consistency because mm -hmm. at least it mixes things up for yeah. us. Yeah. But uh, but all in all, I'm glad I did it. Like I'm glad you suggested it. It was not a franchise I would have ever done if you had not asked but not yeah. because i didn't want to i just wouldn't have occurred to me mm -hmm. um well, i didn't so. know that they did so many like yeah like it just it was it fell off my radar if you'll forgive <laughs> um and uh when i find out that there was more i was like oh my gosh i have to try to pitch this at some point yeah for sure uh, just, just for something different i yeah, mean like yeah. I, I was telling i was telling pat that a lot of times we do movie marathons for movies that we've already seen. Yeah. Like we're, we're really familiar with them. And so part, half the fun is that we're together. Yeah. And just like, we can talk about whatever we've seen the movies. We pay attention. We take notes. Uh, we joke about the scenes that we've seen, 
But in this one, it was just like it was all new ground. Yeah, it was. It was like yeah, it was brand spanking new for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it it was a really different kind of marathon for us. It was actually in many ways a much more engaging marathon like because it was like us not really knowing what was going to happen it was yeah. like it kept our attention uh, better at least through most of it there we had moments where we were yeah. like just kind of kind of clock out because we were bored but uh but yeah it was it was a fun way to to attack a franchise mm-hmm. um because especially since like uh what we've done so recently even more so than you described has been like stuff that we all really really know well yeah like uh just in preparation for like say new movies that are coming out in theaters like right. th- things like that it was like nah let's just pluck one out of the ether yeah, yeah. i'm a big fan personally not not, not even within cinemarathon of ke- catching up on old franchises that i may not have known existed yeah or just aren't aren't around anymore because it's it's fascinating fascinating to look into what public consciousness was interested in mm-hmm. the past. And if it's not around now, it means that there was a change or just a change in power of who was mm-hmm. in control of, of making movie decisions. And I'm always glad to catch up on on, on past film history, wh- whether it's um, cherished or not. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think it is interesting, uh, a mirror of the time, uh, especially like the, the 80s and early 90s, that our movies were so, especially action stuff, were so fascinated, not just by military, because we still have military action movies but they're just not directed towards what i consider the culture of like active military people Mm -hmm. it's like they just show their the whole point now is just to get them on the battlefield or get them into a situation where they have to shoot and like fight or whatever right but these movies really are about the culture of the military itself like fascination with planes and you know and then the technology and and sort of like the 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 american uh romanticist r- romanticized version of the military yeah um but yeah I'm, I'm glad we did it and uh anything else major you want to say about the franchise no all right well thanks for for recording with me you guys yeah no, thank you thanks 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 for Honestly, really, thanks for for letting me for letting me pick this franchise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoy uh, uh, letting other people who are like a partisan marathon come up with things they really want to see because it keeps everybody interested. And you know, and mm-hmm. especially you know, like I said, it's nothing I ever would have come up with. But you know, maybe people listening out there like there's people that really care about it in yeah. the same way that like you were fascinated by it. That concludes the Iron Eagle podcast. Be sure to tune in next time when we have a very special episode where we do the unofficial Public Works trilogy, including Chinatown, The Two Jakes, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. As usual, we will also be live tweeting our experience. You can follow us on Twitter at CineMarathonPod, that's CineMarathonPod. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CineMarathon. And if you'd like to reply with any comments or suggestions for marathons, feel free to email us at CineMarathon at gmail.com. And all of this information can be found on our website at cinemarathonpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.